0: This episode of Road Soda is brought to you
1: by Magnet Mound. I'm Vinny. And I'm Lionel, here to bring you Magnet Mound. Pornhub stats show the bush is coming back. But you've been rocking a landing strip. Who can keep up? Stop chasing the trends. Whether you want
0: your twat as bald as Professor X or so thick that he needs a machete,
2: Magnet Mound is your set it and forget it solution
1: our in-house doctor surgically installs a magnetic plate right above your cooch. Then our special metal fibers simulate pubes. Sprinkle them on to dress up your box using
2: our Etch-a-Snatch app. The Etch-a-Snatch app comes with preset designs or you could draw what you like with an easy press of a button. BAM you're in the 70s. BAM you're in Brazil. BAM you've got a full man chill. It's a pubic revolution. And for guys try our Wooly Willy app. You are just a minor surgery away from the most electrifying grooming of your life. Man. Man!
0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for cracking another Road Soda. Road Soda 88, baby. We are even, that's right, we're even putting Andre the Giant to shame. On this episode, we have Russian spy whales that will make Dr. Evil weep. And what would make shrimp even better? How about cocaine? I'm Isaiah Cooper. With
1: me is... Greg McGinnis. We have a voyeuristic window into bondage and... We will talk about the night the lights went out on the great Wayne Gretzky. Oh Lord, that's I. I the great Wayne Gretzky
0: is it should be the all powerful and mighty. The great player. one actually, that's the a pretty good one. nickname.
1: I just didn't know if we had hockey
0: fans. So but, you don't I mean. even got to be a hockey fan to know Wayne. By God, Gretzky. We are on '88. That's a lot of road soders, man. And uh, still, you're gonna wanna send us. We got these. Uh, uh, these brilliant postcards. People are now starting to get them. They're sending us pictures back. That's the other thing. When you get this postcard from us, we are sending out free. Ha <laughs> ha! Everybody likes some little free. We're sending out free postcards. They're, they're listener appreciation postcards. Just saying thank you for listening and we want to reach out to you and we want to send them directly to your house with a little personalized message. And I'm uh, just trying to connect with the people listening. I think that's going to be really great. And when you get it, you can, you know, if you put it on your. Uh, your refrigerator, shit, even if you throw it in the garbage, if you could snap a picture of it and send it to us, because we want to tag you in that picture on
1: Instagram, we want to put it up there and show the world that we are we got a community here of of road sodians. I defy you to throw one of these in the garbage, because you're going to get it, and even if that is your intent, Mm -hmm. you're going to get it in your hands and you're going to say, I can't do it, this thing is just too beautiful. Yeah, you can't, it's one of those things, you know
0: when you're walking down the side of the street, someone's like, "Here, come to my show, come come to my band show, and they hand you a little flyer. It's like the first trash can. It it's, it throws away. It's that uh, a Mitch Hedberg joke, you know, you know flyers, hands, people paint hand you flyers on the street, like here, you throw this away.
3: <laughs>
0: and uh, but this one, I mean, if we if we slid this bad boy in your hand, you would have a hard time putting it in a trash can. So send your uh, and maybe people don't feel comfortable sending us your mailing address, but uh, every you know we we're sending them out. People are getting them. We're not. Uh, I've done this before on the Vine thing. I've sent hundreds of people's postcards. And it's just a fun thing to do. And um, there's nothing nothing, nothing to be worried about. Greg, why are you wringing your hands like that? I
1: don't...
0: <laughs> so, yeah, send that to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Again, that's roadsodamail at gmail.com. And any other comments or questions, we love hearing from you guys.
1: Greg, 80 fucking ate me, man. So, 1988... Uh... The Winter Olympics in Vancouver in nineteen eighty eight. They had it in Vancouver a great place for the Winter Olympics. You know what happened? In the, it, it was very uneventful. It was in Canada, Vancouver. They won no gold. The last Canada time they, didn't
0: win a single gold. Not no. even in the. Um, what's it called? What's the Winter Olympics? The brooming, the
1: the sweeping, shuffleboard. Yeah, uh, curling. Curling. Not even in curling. Not huh? even in curling. And in seventy six, prior to that, they had Winter Games in. Montreal, they didn't win a gold medal there either. Mm-hmm. Fucking Canadians, though, they don't give a shit. They don't, do they? Uh, Katarina Witt was the big. Um, I remember her being one of the big stars of the Olympics. It was '88. I'm in sixth grade. I'm about the age in 1988 that my oldest son is right now. That's what I was thinking about in preparation for this, looking at those years. And it's middle school, and you know, Katarina Witt would have stood out because she was pretty hot. She ended up doing a like a Playboy spread. She had one gold in '84, then she won gold again in '88. She's a figure skater. Okay, I thought German. she did ice, uh, ice gymnastics, whatever it was. Oh, I made that up. Oh, that's well, not a thing. Maybe it was. <laughs> uh, and then she, so she won gold twice, and then she was in the skating world for a little while longer. And then in 1998, she did a thing in Playboy, and it's they said that it was the second time that Playboy sold every single episode uh, issue episode. Every single thing. issue, we well, can't keep these things on the shelf. They want to see this Olympian. Well, yeah, when someone like that goes to doing, it. I don't know why that was such a big appeal. But I mean, she was pretty hot, I would say, in the gold medal aspect. You know, I I would say that, and she, and she wasn't an American; she was German. But an American, Lindsay Vaughn, I think, had a similar appeal. Mm-hmm. Then she started messing around with Tiger Woods. She's been on a million album uh, album cover, magazine covers. And I think Lindsey Vonn is another Olympian that has that type of sex appeal. There's not, not a million of them. Yeah, it's not, not a lot of sex appeal when it comes to some of these. There was a guy, Alberto Tomba, mm-hmm. who was in these Olympics as well. Now, he you want to talk sex appeal. You, do, you know, do you know Tomba, Alberto Tomba? No. He no. was kind of a, you know, like a, he had that type of appeal. You're buying that Wheaties box. I guess. Um, also, it brought us the Jamaican bobsled team. Uh Uh-oh, Cool Runnings. Yes. I think there were several movies made about it. Cool Runnings being... Is there any... Name one other. There is another movie. Yeah, there is. Cool Runnings 2? No, 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 no. Cool Runnings was one with John Candy. There was another one called... Whatever. It was just one of those... That's what I mean. Parallel thinkings. Yeah. It doesn't even exist. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Then, uh, so, I mean, the 88 Olympics... I don't know. It didn't seem like those two. I, I looked at it for a little bit, and I just... Those are the only points I came up with. Um, another thing that happened in 88 was the Bruins played the Edmonton Oilers mm-hmm. in the Stanley Cup Finals. And I thought this was interesting because this was at the height of Wayne Gretzky's power. Right, And they were just dominant. The Oilers had a bunch of good guys. Defensively, offensively, and they had a good goalie. They were just kicking people's ass. And the Bruins met them in the finals. Uh, the Edmonton won game 1, 2, and 3... But the series went to five games, but the Bruins never won a game. Mm. How does that happen? When you have to play five games in a best of seven series, but you still get a sweep. I don't know. There's only one way, and that is in game four, in a three to three tie, a storm knocked the power out, and they had to suspend the game. Wow. And then pick up the next game. Wow. So that I game can't was just think like of that fucking board. happening. Wow. If you told me that happened in 1937, I'd be like, yeah. We ran out of donkey shit, so we, we can't we keep can't the lights We can't power going.
0: the fucking ice ice ring anymore. But in 1988,
1: Jeez. a fucking Stanley Cup Finals game was canceled. And the lights went out. How fucked up was that? Were they just, There must have been just emergency lighting. And everyone, anticlimatically, after paying fucking $100 a ticket, file out and go fuck off. The game didn't even happen. That's what they actually told them over the intercom. All right,
0: everybody, we're going to have to ask you to uh, file out and fuck off. And uh, maybe we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Probably not, though. See ya.
1: I don't know when did that law about yelling fire in a crowded theater come out. If it was post '88, maybe they just said, "Get out, get out." Later, Jesus, man, that's... that's Wayne Gretzky is
0: a. What year you said that was '88? That was '88. Yeah. What a great man. It's, what a it... great man. So
1: just looking into him, it brought me into like this Wayne Gretzky rabbit hole because he was pretty fucking good, dude.
0: Pretty fucking good. He's the. There's never been anybody even come close to how good he was.
1: That actually ended up being his final game as an Oiler. Yeah, because shortly after that, the L.A. Kings expressed it was kind of shady how the Kings got him to go to L.A. Shady. What did they use a bigger paycheck? No, it was actually really crafty. They they put it out there. They started rumors that Edmonton was going to trade him. Why the fuck would Edmonton trade? Edmonton's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Who put that out there? We're not thinking of trading him. Before that, they would maybe think of things like let's change the name of the team to the Edmonton Gretzky's. Let's just I don't I don't know. Why the fuck would they Why trade? Would they, him? Anybody. But they started rumors. Which kind of miffed him. It got public uproar going. And then there's both sides to it. People are going, oh, fuck you then, Gretzky. And he's like, fuck me. Fuck you. How about I welcome Next thing you know, head. he's on a jet talking to people about... different. His, his agent is stoking this. He's like, it's going to be more money. We're going to dug in in Edmonton. We only have so much room to climb. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking to the guy in L.A. And then they have this big back and forth. He's like, we're going to do this. We're going to give you all the... We're going to put the supporting cast around you. It's a done... Let's do it. He went... All right, yeah, I'll do it. And he goes, there's only one thing. Now we're going to go talk to the guy in Edmonton and see if we can get him to trade you. Right. And then at that point, now Wayne Gretzky's already into it with his agent, there's money on the table, but then he was like, Motherfucker! Like, there is no fucking trade. There is no, we just created out of
0: nowhere, dude. That's some Game of Thrones shit. That's it was some it. Game of Thrones shit. Game dude. of fucking Thrones shit. I'll get
1: em. I'll get em. I will get him. I will get him. I, because honestly, when you think about that, what, why the fuck do you trade the best guy? You don't. Line? You can't get anything better than this guy. You can, literally can't. We, I think we've had the conversation a, a couple
0: different times. But like in other sports, the the distance between the best players ever. Is always like right there, neck and neck. Like Michael Jordan is still, you know, the best, and then you have LeBron James right there. There's a, there is a dialogue that you can have where you can yes. people can debate back and forth who is the best. Same thing with football. There's so many positions in football, but you can in each position you can uh, who is the best. I mean, right. It's not
1: only who's the best at the position, but how important is that position? Right. And did a, there's, there's all kinds of conversations. There's, there's so th- much. But the di- like
0: Wayne Gretzky is so the the distance, a range of player like player aptitude between Wayne Gretzky and the rest is so fucking disparaging. It's stupid. If you look at like goals shot, uh like goals made,
1: all that kind of shit, assists, everything, the guy just fucking cleans up. It's stupid. Just to give you an idea, by age 10, Gretzky had scored an astonishing 378 goals in just one season in Brantford whatever in like peewee hockey. So you're yeah. like I don't, that sounds like a lot, but I don't know. Did they fucking Already. play 900 games or whatever? His play attracted media attention. He's 10. 10. By the time he's 13, he had scored over 1,000 goals, and his play attracted considerable negative attention from other players, players' parents, including those of his teammates, and he was often booed. To the point where he was like, I can't even fucking play here anymore. Everyone hates me because I just fucking dominate the game. They had to go and move, and he had to start playing in Toronto. He had to leave his league. Because he just was, yep. and then they started playing. The for best the you had head. Wayne Gretzky on your fucking team, and you booed him out. You it fucking idiots! Because my kid can't even hold the puck. Yeah, send it to send it to Davey. <laughs> the coach is like, put it, give it to Wayne, give it to Wayne. And then if you doubt how great he was at the end, they just the stuff that they did. Like he didn't have to get into, uh, he didn't have to wait to go into the Hall of Fame. Like as soon as he was done, they put him in. That's only happened a handful of times, and usually it's posthumous when the guy's dead. Mm-hmm. If something like that happens, then they'll put him in. Uh, and then the shit that happened after he retired, it was like, um, in his town... Ta- First of all, the entire league retired his number. Right. In every team, no one can be ninety-nine. There's no more. The only people. guy I can think of they did that for was Jackie Robinson, who integrated the fucking league. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky integrated the league with fucking greatness was
0: with what greatness. he brought to the league. There's never been anyone ever close. Have you is the is the stat on there readily uh, of like. Goals scored. Oh yeah. Like most goals scored versus the next guy down. Uh well versus if, the you next... see, if you see the list of like goals scored in a season, he's he holds the record I think by like twenty or thirty. They only play eighty games mm-hmm. and he
1: scored ninety two goals in a season. Is that the best ever? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he, it's dude, it's it's fucking it's fucking fantastic. Even down to like his assists, everything else, he's just fantastic. So, um but yeah, what else What else do we got? Yeah,
1: and then... Uh, so, now I want to talk top movie in 1988. I wonder if you... I doubt you saw this movie, but I wonder. The Last Emperor. I did not. It won all the awards it was nominated for. It won like nine. It was a pretty clean-up movie. It was about the last emperor of China before the communist government took over. It was a kid. He didn't even want to be the emperor, but when the previous emperor died, they go get this kid, and they say, you're the next in line. And then you know he gets kind of thrust into it he doesn't even want to do it he's like I'm out I just want to play Yu-Gi-Oh basically but they keep him in there and then when the communist party takes over he's now like a prisoner mm-hmm. and at the end of the movie it's kind of interesting because he gets kind of kicked back out into. they're like you're done you can get out of jail and he's just like walking the streets he was the last emperor now he's, the movie's told as like a 50 year old guy with like flashbacks he's like I never wanted it I was 8 this is how it fucking was from you when I was 8 what do you think? Then they go through the whole thing, and now he's 50, and he's walking around. And at the end, he goes back to like this museum, and the guard is like, "Hey, you can't touch that." And he goes, "That was my throne." And they're like, "Oh yeah, sure it was. You're just walking around with a fucking Edmonton Oilers T-shirt on." Right. He went. He said there was a cricket that was given to me by such and such, and I kept it under the seat. I'm sure it's still there. I don't. It must have been like a wooden. And then when the guy goes to look, he goes, "Holy shit, that was the dude." And he turns around, and he's gone. That was right. the thing. And then the only other thing they mentioned is that. He died, like, 15 years later. They have, like, an offhanded thing that he died. It was an interesting movie. That is interesting. I don't know if it was the best picture that year, because the most popular movies that year, you know these, Rain Man did the best at the box office. Definitely the best. Definitely Who Framed Roger best. Rabbit. Okay. Um, it's the cartoon Coming to America. Wow, that's a big year. That's a big year. Mm-hmm. That came out the same week. Coming to America came out the same week as... Roger Rabbit, like June. Like, right when the kids are out of school. What a
0: bad... It's always... Those movies are always the worst movies to be released around. Something like... You can't tell how how big it's going to be. And, like... You, you just have so much confidence for this Roger Rabbit. God, we got a cartoon in there. And then it comes out at the same time as...
2: So Glow!
1: But I was looking at... I know. That... Well, I don't know if it was that huge, though, then. I think it's kind of... Game, I'm certainly not going to say Coming to America is a cult movie, but... It definitely picked up steam after mm-hmm. you know, but it, it did really well the year, but one thing I was looking at was how many theaters those movies that I was just listing were released in, like a thousand 1, eleven hundred that Avengers movie was released in forty six hundred movie theaters yeah well, That's I mean, thirty I think years later
0: and I think there's just more movie theaters now, maybe
1: maybe i just I just think that the movie theaters are buying into this this consolidation type of thing where yeah. there's not. A million movies out there. And then I wanted to, just before we close out on 88, um, two things that happened that were kind of momentous in like a bad way. uh, August 1988, Al-Qaeda was formed Mm. in 1988. And also another... Grassroots corporation kind of thing. Another, exactly, another large grassroots corporation of evil. Of evil! BlackRock. Mm. BlackRock is a huge money management firm they say it's the largest in the world. That was also formed in 1988. At present, they manage over $6.5 trillion worth of assets. Mm. So when you're wondering, like, who killed whoever, who's getting assassinated, why is this happening, why is there a flood there, why is Trump in the fucking White House, BlackRock and Al-Qaeda are two major influencers in that type of thing. That's right. The big, those are the real influencers. They probably have a Instagram too.
0: shit That's not influencing what? yeah that's what they're influencing so there you
1: go that's 1988 88 baby
0: this episode of road soda is brought
1: to you by getaways Everyone knows Waze, the crazy smart GPS app that guides millions to work around traffic and speed traps. Well now from the same people, getaways. Ex-wife, current wife, bank robbery, insurance fraud, dead hooker. Whatever your reason is, we can help you get away. Give us an idea of the amount of trouble you're in and where you're trying to get to and our specialists will help craft an all-inclusive getaway to avoid child support, get to the woods, or even get to Mexico. Including everything you need from a gun to a new identity to safe houses along the way. Getaways Premium will even help you get lined up with dirty cops and crooked judges to make sure you stay on the right side of those prison bars. If you need to disappear fast, we've got you covered. Don't get arrested, getaways.
0: This just in, Greg. Hot off the press. The the news press where they press the news tightly into a, into, into a into news. All right. I was... <laughs> I've told you about Tim Dillon. He's a stand-up comedian. And so I was on um, Tim Dillon's... I was just looking at his, his story. And one of the things on there, uh, on his story, was like a little apology because he, his connecting flight to take him to a show got canceled. And so he said, I met... And he named all these ridiculous people. And one of the people on there was uh, and a lady who, uh, and a lady who blames the cocaine and shrimp for why people always think she's high, and she, his thing was all these people and I rented a car together, I'm on my way there, so I'll be there for tomorrow's show, but I'm sorry about what happened, right? And so I saw that, I was like, cocaine and shrimp, what the fuck is that? And I was like, oh, that must be a news story, that must be something that's going on, so... Traces of cocaine, pesticides detected in UK shrimp. So this uh, this uh, like college or this research place, whatever, whether it was like a company or whatever, they uh, collected you know a bunch of crustaceans and shit from local rivers, streams, uh, and, and like the ocean. And these are freshwater, so this is rivers and streams. And they were just doing tests to see what kind of things are in them. And one of them was uh, like one of the most things they found in there, like the highest levels, was cocaine. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So uh, small amounts of cocaine, pesticides, and other uh, contaminants have been detected in UK freshwater shrimp. We found that the most frequently detected compounds were illicit drugs, including cocaine and ketamine, and a banned (laughs) pesticide. Ketamine
1: is so just in the river. Just just has in coke the river. And ketamine, in it.
0: ketamine is like, you think Coke, like, all right, Coke's like a pretty big thing. You can probably find somebody around who's like doing Coke. But ketamine, it's like, how do you, have you ever met somebody doing ketamine? Where are you finding this ketamine from, right? Apparently, these, these shrimp are finding it easy. Uh, and then also a banned pesticide, Funeron. Funruof. Feneron. Um, yeah, for many things, the potential for any effect is likely to be low. So obviously if you're eating a bunch, you mean, you're not going to get high on cocaine. Um, but, uh, apparent, I guess what it is, it's, it's like wastewater. So we we're intaking all of these, um, substances and then we are pissing and shitting in the water and then it goes to water treatment facilities that pump it back out in certain places as gray water where there's not drinking water. And
1: probably a lot of it gets flushed down the toilet too like That's oh, shit I mean. is that the cops right and you throw the coke in the
0: toilet what do i mean you throw it uh, yeah exactly all of those things are definitely going to play some kind of factor because it's got to be a fucking lot a lot of whatever it is for you to find trace amounts of i mean all these animals these crustaceans and uh like oysters and things like that mollusks you know they filter they're like they're cleaning the water and cleaning stuff so we have these mollusks or. And, and shrimp, they're eating each other, they're, they're drinking, they're living in the water, it's going to collect in them. I mean, that's just, uh, it's pretty nuts, right? And it's not the only place they say they find that kind of stuff all over. And uh, it's really, that's really, what, I, what made me think about, or what it made me think about was, that's a crazy impact that I never even thought. Like cocaine, like if you told me that there were, all the cocaine is now detectable in fish, it's like, what about the like you tell me all the time about these tanneries up in Massachusetts where they now they can't fucking build there for like hundreds of years because of what they've done? It's like, this is just cocaine, this is just ketamine, these these things that we're ingesting, and then Furon, which has been banned for a long time, they're like, where is it coming from? It's I
1: mean, I think the best the safest thing to say is no one's using it. It's just well, these things eat it. off the sea floor, right, so that shit's probably just heavy and just sits in the fucking silt, and yep. they absolutely one hundred percent I think what it, yeah, it's just been there, right so it's just that's just
0: a really that is a, a deep effect that effect just for me, that that kind of stuff goes all the way down in, in their finding trace amounts and like it's a interesting thing, man, I'm just waiting for that that cocaine shrimp to hit the market where they find a way to jack those levels up, and so I can you know. um, Wait, so
1: I missed the beginning part, though, about Tim J. What was Tim J. Dillon's relation to the story? You said he was. There's no relation to the story.
0: There's no relation to this story. It's just what made me find the story. Right. That's but, all But is. I didn't follow how... What so the Tim
1: connection. Dillon, on his
0: story on Instagram, he missed his connecting flight. Okay. And so he was apologizing, and in his apolog- oh, apology... Oh, he was apologizing to the people to who... To the people he... who follow him and his fans on his Instagram. That were going to be at the show.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's directed just apologizing.
0: Anyone that was going to be at this show, I apologize. But I've, I've met these people, and they were just like a bunch of goofy people, one of them being a lady who's claiming blaming shrimp for always uh, looking high. And they all rented a car together, and now they're on the way... To his, uh, to the city, and but this that night's shows were canceled, and he was apologizing. Okay, and I was like, and a lady in the car with him. One of the late, one of the people that he met was her. Top. Her story or how he's defining her was, uh, oh, people always think I'm high, but it's probably the I eat a lot of shrimp. It's probably the shrimp, and you know they found cocaine in the shrimp, and so that was. Now I get it. I did not quite follow it originally. It's because you were you. You don't listen to me, Greg. I just you never know. listen. Well, maybe you'll listen to this story, Greg. How about? How about this one? I think this one is going to tickle your fancy. The Texas butthole tickling bandit has finally been captured by police. I know you're a little sad about that. He was more of a vigilante for you, but... (laughs) He's a vigilante. But uh, for other people, he was a menace, Greg. Man arrested for breaking into homes and tickling buttholes. Man, I don't think this... This is not an Onion article, first of all. It's definitely build, built to be look look like a real article, and I saw it posted by an iHeartRadio like news station in some you know whatever state, and uh, I immediately clicked on it, read it, and I was like, is this a, is this fucking this can't be real? A man who was breaking into homes of residents in Dallas and tickling their buttholes while they were asleep has finally been caught after a reign of terror lasting a little over three weeks. He managed to be identified by police who was arrested in the early hours of January 5th at 5 a.m. Unfortunately, at that point, he had already broken into over a dozen homes at night and tickled people's butts. His victims were solely men. Richard Hayes, who lived in the area the booty tickler was targeting, described the fear that gripped the neighborhood. Yeah, man, this is, um, I,
1: I, I don't know. I don't know if this is if this is real. Because I've have you ever heard of this? There's, um, I mean, when you're looking at the article, I'm sure the people that are listening are maybe thinking, could this be real? Da, da, da. You would know that it's not real when you see the word butthole. Uh huh. right in, in a a news thing. I think there are some news stations that would do it. There are some like
0: online news, uh, not stations, but like online. I just news don't think you could be a it.
1: professional journalist and and use in your professional capacity. But I think use you, the word butthole. But
0: BuzzFeed would and I, they are they are they're credible in their own way. And I don't like think Huff BuzzFeed post would. would. I think they would. They would I think they absolutely would. They're crass enough to, to do that. And it's 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 not like it's NBC news that put this you up. You know there. what? You're right. HuffPost, post maybe. Yeah. And and so that's a place where you're like, okay, this is obviously a stupid interest piece, they're trying to draw people in. And but there's also something in me because I looked and it's only found on like these really kind of one off uh, news sites and uh, there are there is a thing with russian troll companies that create fake news articles and they post it on a fake news site and then it disseminates into these other news stations where other people just stop checking it and they just oh this news station posted it must be real we're doing our own write up and they put and they just post the same thing happens so much and then it disseminates there was one time where they said that there was an explosion in this, like, little area, this small little town. And the people that lived in the town, like, freaked out because they thought something was, like, happening. Like, a tanker blew up or something. All the photos were faked, everything, but nothing happened. It was just, like, this fake... They traced it back to, like, a fake Russian troll company that just made this article, and it created, like, hysteria in this area. It's, it's like, so th- that kind of stuff is, it, like, really happens. And um, so that's what made me think of it. And uh, when I saw this... Because this is just fucking outrageous. Yeah, even dude, even the onion wouldn't make something that stupid.
1: Well, even the, the reason it's not an onion is because there there's not enough funny in it, you know? It's not enough funny, yeah. They're like, hey, we wouldn't write that bullshit. There's too many, you know, they'll put enough puns in or whatever that you would know that it's onion. Well, I'll tell you what the onion didn't write, Greg.
0: What they didn't write? What did they not write? The Russians have got spy whales now, Greg. Whales suspected of being Russian weapon in Norway. Some straight Dr. Evil would put lasers on their head, Greg. (laughs) So how is this
1: whale going to be weaponized? How do you weaponize Weaponize a
0: whale? whale? (sighs) Yeah, I clearly don't understand. A TV station owned by Russia's defense ministry reported that the nation's military was training white whales, seals, and dolphins for Arctic missions. And now it seems one of those recruits may be guilty of desertion. A group of fishers... Uh, recently told Norwegian broadcast MPK that they found a white beluga whale wearing a strange harness with the words Equipment of St. Petersburg written on its strap. You know, just in case they lose their spy equipment and someone else finds it. Please return they to... Please return to...
1: <laughs> please return to Kremlin. Please return to once. The
0: Kremlin. Thank you. Uh, P.O. Box 975. <laughs> a clue that the animal may... Uh, yes, it's a clue. We think the animal might be a spy because... Uh, spray painted on his side said "Russian spy whale," <laughs> <laughs> a clue that the animal might be able to play had a role in play Russia's futuristic military plans. Yeah, man, that's just wait. So insane. how
1: was that on the whale? What was the property of Saint Petersburg? How Saint what? Saint Peter. It just said property. Uh, what did what did it say? So like, did they like lift this whale out of the water? No, it's got like, it it's got on? like
0: shit. Uh, no, it's got shit attached to it. Oh, okay, it had like a harness on. It. Yeah, found a white beluga whale wearing a, a strange harness with the words Equipment of St. Petersburg written on the harness. And just so they don't also, they don't want to mix up the other whales weighing harnesses. When they see another whale with a harness, they go, Is that ours? Nah, that's, that's property of Ontario, Canada. Property
1: of Boston Celtics. So that would be weird to find on a whale.
0: Yeah, it's. Dude, isn't that. Yeah, it's uh, obviously something really strange and uh, whether it's a real thing or they did it just to fuck with people, M- diversion, and they're, they're making you spend, they're making this company, or this, uh, a country is now investigating this, and they're putting resource and money towards investigating whale shit, and they're not doing that. They're just fucking with them. They're just making them spend money. Um, maybe, or maybe they're training these fucking whales to,
1: They, they live. to shoot their lasers. A beluga whale lives 35 to 50 years. It's one of the shorter lifespans, I think, for a whale. Yeah, they're real reckless. Getting to drugs early, that kind of thing. Getting into drugs, yeah, that's definitely gonna cut it short. If they're in a gang, probably even less than thirty-five. According to the Fishers, the
0: whale had been
1: harassing their boats,
0: rubbing against the vessels and pulling in an accessible, uh, accessible straps and ropes. When they removed the strange harness, which appeared designed to hold a camera or weapon, <laughs> like a laser, they saw the message written on it. Yeah, man, that's just fucking preposterous. Maybe the whale was like escaped some kind of some weird dominatrix role playing guy who captured the whale, and that's what he was doing. And you got to play like a like you're a spy for me, whale baby. And then the whale escaped the kidnapping and is just trying to.
1: Occam's razor probably was someone trying to fuck it. Yeah, what a ride. That's right. Fuck plot. It's
0: usually what it is. I think. You had something you
1: wanted to wrap up from our wrap-up segment. Yeah, so we mentioned on the last app that the Kentucky Derby was happening this weekend and it did happen yesterday. Did you get a chance to see it? It happens like around 6:30 and it only lasts about a minute. I did not see it. Well, we had a uh, yeah, we had a little golf outing yesterday and I believe most of us that were involved were out of commission for at least through the derby at 6.30. At least the derby was not getting, yeah. We had guessed, do you remember the horse that we thought we liked? In it? Roadster! Roadster. Roadster did amazingly shitty. Yeah, so in our wrap-up segment, we read some of the names of the horse.
0: We do a segment at the very end to wrap up the show. And if you get there, you would have heard us talk about,
1: you know. Yes. Roadster came in 15th out of 19 finishers. Uh, my little nephew Bodie was represented by Bodie Express. That came in 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horse that did win was a horse named Maximum Security. Right, but he was disqualified. Disqualified for for fucking going out of his lane and causing a problem. He cut horses off on a turn. You got to really stay in your lane. They know that shit. So this horse was and the jockey were fucking trying to do pull some shit. They're pulling some shit, man. They, they almost caused a pileup. I mean, it could have killed some really valuable horses, mm-hmm. or, or not killed them, but. I mean, a broken leg is as good as dead as a, a fucking horse. cold is fucking shoot it, yeah. Yep. <laughs> there was a great... I want to say it was a far side by Gary Larson where it just said horse veterinarian. It's real complicated. It lists all these different maladies, and, and then, then they, just, they, next they... to it just says shoot the horse, shoot the but, horse, shoot yeah. the... Cold, shoot the horse. Twisted <laughs> ankles, shoot the horse.
0: Dude, he... Gary Larson is 100%, like, great... I, 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 genius. Every time, genius. Anytime I hear the name or br- the far side is brought up, I got a comment... How much I love it. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, that was, that is a pretty
1: crazy. So that horse it's was a... disqualified and Country House was the winner. And it was a really long shot. It was 65 to 1. That's not You bet you two to, bucks. That's not how you want to win. Just because somebody else got disqualified. It's not, I don't think it's ever happened before. Yeah. It's really weird. I've never heard of that happening. Some of the news things I said said it hasn't happened in the Kentucky Derby before. I don't know. It's
0: probably happened, yeah, in other races. But maybe not just the Kentucky
1: Derby. Yeah, because they have rules for it, so someone must have got disqualified before. Yeah. But Kentucky Derby is like the Super Bowl for horse racing. But the horse that won sixty-five to one, so that means you bet two bucks on it, you won one hundred and thirty-two bucks. Jesus, and a lot of money gets bet on that race. Too. A lot of
0: money. It's pro. Do you think it's like the most money generated in a minute, like in in on television? Probably. Yeah, because it's just one minute, and just all I, I, after that minute. There's money just flying in both directions. You know the
1: thing that's always anticlimactic about it is that people get all dressed up and they do all the shit. And during the day, if you're actually at the place, they're doing races all day. But like people in you know Sheboygan that are doing like a Kentucky Derby, everybody, everyone's wasted. But it's like right around dinner time, everyone's like all day been anticipating this thing. And if you're just watching it on TV or whatever, it's so anticlimactic because they're off and then they run, and it's a minute later. And that's it. And then whoever mm. was winning, you know, you do like a pool or something. All right, here you go. Everyone, Fred won the money. Right. Fuck you, Fred. Fuck you, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just funny like that. But anyway, Kentucky Derby. Kentucky
2: Derby.
0: This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Pimpsurance.
2: hell is this? You're short $200. I'm sorry daddy. I was robbed.
1: You've been here before. Now you have to start beating her. Putting her on her back for days and not in a good way. It's going to cost you a fortune. But now pimp insurance has you covered. You know I'm still going to have to beat your ass baby. He doesn't even have to hold back. Pimp insurance will pay the claim before she's even done crying. How about when my bitches all start sinking up? With our Red Week deductible, your cash will keep flowing too. We also offer 24-7 corner side assistance with antibiotics and emergency hydration to get your hose back on their knees in no time. Pimp insurance. Don't pimp hose without it.
0: Millennial Book
2: Club
0: Millennial Book Club Mortgage Millennial Caster I'm really getting I'm not even trying with this man. This is the Millennial Book Club segment. Welcome to it. We just fucking watch Netflix originals. And we we'll t- we watch the original and uh, we tell you what to watch and then you watch it. Over the week, you come back and you hear us talk about it, and you can write your reviews to us at Road Soda. Uh, yeah, Road Soda Mail at Gmail.com. You can write our reviews and be a part of the conversation. This segment was on Bonding, so your uh, assignment was a Netflix original called Bonding, and we're gonna talk about it really openly. And I, I don't know what there's not like plot twists or anything to really spoil, but we're talking about it. Openly. If there's anything to spoil, it will be spoiled. We yeah. Rest fucking assured. You rest assured. The dog dies. He's been dead the whole time. Um, I watched four of them. How many did you watch? They were actually the same person. Like Tyler Durden. That was that joke. How many do I watch? I think I, 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 think
1: I might actually watch five. Five. Maybe
0: in the sixth was starting. I watched three. I watched the first one real closely. And then the second one um, a little less closely. And the third one... Because I was doing other things, uh, kind of was getting distracted. But the first one, I definitely watched, and it, I didn't not watch more because I wouldn't. I think it's, um, I think if it kind of, maybe if somebody else wanted to watch it and I was hanging around, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch it again. So
1: what are your, what, what are you, what's your first thoughts? So it was more uh, serious than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, a, not that it was serious, but mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be almost like jokey. Yeah. Like so what was the you said that you read the blurb
0: and thought it was going to be different. I'm going to bring up the blurb right now.
1: Yeah, I thought it. it was going to be like uh you know shenanigans just involving bondage and it was just yeah. going to be all pratfalls and kind of oh the piss sprayed on the wow. guys <laughs> basically basically Pete's
0: once... roommate makes him an offer that's hard to refuse. Tiff and Pete run into an old Oh wait, this is a uh sorry about that. It's that's an an ep- actually that's an ep review. How do I just get to the damn
1: show itself? Get the show review. I mean maybe it was the first app that gave me the Oh yeah, I guess you want to be on the first app here. Well, it just might have been blurb number 1 on the first app that the, if there's no if there isn't one for the whole show. I just I thought it was going to be light mm-hmm. and silly and, you know, the lighter side of here it is. Bondage. Struggling
0: to make ends meet as a waiter, Pete takes a job working with his friend Tiff, a.k.a. Mistress May, in her sex dungeon. That's still not even the the damn blurb for the whole show. I guess because I've started I can't go and look it back up again. Is that the deal here? Well, is
1: there even a blurb for the whole show? Is it? Just yeah, a it was like,
0: it? Uh, so what's the main character's name? What's her name? Mistress May is this, um, it's about this girl who's going to college to be a psychiatrist and to help her through college, she's a dominatrix. And she gets her uh, friend, her feminine friend. Apparently, these two grew up in Georgia together, went to the same high school, and now both live in New York City.
1: And right. she and so they know each other for so years. They know each other,
0: and she hires him because he uh, doesn't have, you know, a lot of money and needs to pay rent and stuff like that, and uh, needs a job. He just sh- wants to do stand-up. That was one thing I was surprised about is that he's like an open micer. Like I didn't know that that was going to be a thing and uh, she just hires him so you know she can have like a bodyguard kind of thing and he can make
1: some some money yeah you know just the fact that he's like a wannabe stand up micer was an L- that just brings it out of the realm of what i was thinking right. it was going to be at all so it's a you know it was what more, more you... depth than i was expecting for the people
0: yeah what what move, or what could you what example do you have that it um, you could say you thought
1: it was going to be like what did I think it was going to be like? Yeah, like um, an example of... Maybe like the same level of seriousness as the Breaker Upper, something like that, where it was not absurd, mm-hmm. but just, you know, the plot was just really there so they could make the jokes. Right, okay. And so okay. if they needed to twist the plot to, to land a joke, no problem, then fucking just swing back in. Yeah. You know, and it, it, could, be, it could be absurd, you could see, because they're trying to just... Look at Bonding in, in a 30 minute Netflix thing. If it was like an hour and a half movie called Bonding, maybe I would have thought they would... Well, I don't know, because you can only do so much with yeah. an hour and a half. But maybe if it was like hour long episodes, I would have went, oh, okay, this is different. Or if they just went with different verbiage in the blurb. Um, it has more of like a... Did you ever watch that show Weeds? No.
0: Or um, do you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah, it has, like, a more of a feel like that. Like, there's something, the the story, it's more of, like, a drama mixed with a comedy. Like, a dramedy kind of thing. But it's a darker on the side of comedy. Not, yeah. I, and I I honestly didn't really know what to expect. And, um... But I thought it was... It, I love how, so, with Netflix, when I started watching it, with these Netflix originals, there's so many things being put on Netflix. Like, what they have to do... So, if you watch a pilot show of anything, you know, on TV, the pilot show is always supposed to be... That's gonna set the tone for the rest of everything you're gonna watch. This is this is what it is. These are the characters. These are this is the crazy, crazy wacky guy. This is your straight guy, and these people ha- did that in like the first lines. And I feel like they have to because how many have you ever seen someone's Netflix, not queue but like their Netflix profile, and just like how many half watched, quarter watched, like watched a second things are on their continue watching stream. It's crazy. People yeah. are constantly clicking so they have to just bite you as soon as you get in there and like um the guy the first words out of like the main character's mouth was you told me you were a 911 operator and she goes i lied i like and he's like i like don't even know you anymore so just his even that line defines him as like okay he's kind of like a more buttoned up kind of, he's effeminate he's probably uh homosexual probably homosexual because the way he used like but he's like a little more buttoned up and like I like don't even know you anymore. It's like that
1: character's defined in like where well, a straight guy would not be perceived to mm-hmm. be all that work. You're telling me misinformation? I I don't know what to say anymore. I thought I knew you.
0: Yeah, and it was just and, and so it and then her character is immediately defined. But it was um, and then the problem of I just need somebody to like be my bodyguard. Oh yeah, this guy is huge. The guy walks in and it's like, Oh, this is he's gonna be uncomfortable with it. This is like the whole thing. He's going to have to work through this uncomfortability trying to... Is it really... That, I just thought that was... Um... Did you like it? Did you like watching these shows? Yeah, I thought it was... Um... I found it entertaining. Again, it's just my personal dude. I have such... Um, the things that I'm going to watch in my 100% free time are not like what... I think a lot of people want to hear us talking about on the podcast. Because it's pretty much all fucking like cartoons. That's
1: all anime, dude. Here's <laughs> like, some like, storylines. So this wasn't like up your alley, you're saying. But uh, here were some of the storylines I liked. The, the guy, what I like, by the way, is he rents an apartment from this guy. Not an apartment, a room. And you can only get to the room by having to go through that guy's room. That's such a New York City thing. That's so shitty. That is
0: such a fucking New no, York City no, thing. No, I'm
1: sure it is. It's like, mm-hmm. you just take what the fuck you can get and that's all you can afford. It's a very, dude, it's so expensive to live there. And he's probably paying like $800 for that room. And the dude is so. The dude who owns the apartment or rents. You know, the dude he's subletting that bedroom from is such a. He just doesn't give a shit about a lot of stuff that normal people give a shit about. But he's super intense on getting his girlfriend to fuck with his. He wants ass play with his girlfriend. And he's super open with this gay guy because he's like, hey, you're a gay guy. It's ass play. This is what you talk about when I'm not around, I guess. So I'm trying to, you know, relate. And then there is a scene within the first three episodes, I mm-hmm. think. Where he does get the guy, like now the rent's due, the guy's not making money, I want a finger in my ass, you're into that because you're a gay guy. That, you know, this is like the thinking, and he's like, so let's make it happen. And then he ends up having to fuck the, you know, play with the dude's ass, which I thought was pretty funny for three eps in. But I mean, it is a show called Bonding, so I guess they're trying to get into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still like old school, I think, and I know that it's coming and we're supposed to be open to whatever. But I don't know, at some point I was like, I'm sitting here watching a show where they're telling me, like, I gotta watch, like, this gay relationship and I gotta watch the, I don't know, it's just not, it's just not my thing.
0: Yeah. It's... I just
1: have, like, I'm not saying, like, oh my god, I avert my eyes and I hate it, but I just find myself being like, Man, this is not the same as, like, a, a guy and a girl relationship that I'm not really into w- watching. It's like, I'm really not into watching...
0: Uh-huh. It just, yeah, I mean, it's understanding, you know, if you're not able to, um, if there's no, like, relation, or it's just really outside of any kind of interest, I mean, I think it was, I think it was well written, and, like, the jokes were pretty funny, and I, um... Did, were you sympathetic
1: was... to the guy, the main character?
0: So, do you think the, the, the guy is the well, main well, character? or no, the girl be... was the main character. Well, but... I'm, I'm genuinely asking, I really don't know. No, I definitely think the girl was yeah. the main character. yeah. I think it's an, a really smart idea, but whoever thought of it is—I think it's really interesting. This idea, like her plight, this girl who's going to be a psychiatrist and she believes that, like, you know, doing this kind of work is a form of like therapy in a way, and is as like a way to like help people. And I think that's like a really smart angle on the show. I like shows that make you think like that, you know, or just make people think differently and more openly. I love her fucking professor at one point. He's like. She's like, so what makes you uh, know and ev- what makes you right and everyone else wrong? And like at the end of this back and forth with the professor in front of the whole class, it all shuts down. And he's like, after class, calls her up and he's like, look, there's just a line of professionalism that we can't cross. And you just have to get, like, you just have to know that. And she's like, okay. And then he reaches up and he touches her on the nose and he's like, you just got to make your professor happy. I'm like, you just said a line of professionalism that we can't cross, and then you went, boop, on a fucking... I think that was a little foreshadowing note. about yeah. that dude
1: being a douchebag, because then later he's trying to corner the other broad, and he's, he's one of those, you know, bad apple teachers. Bad apple teachers, dude, in college. That's the, the professor. And we saw that
0: in, um, in Russian Doll, the professor that was boning his students. Was that the guy? Was that the... Um... The guy that she had sex with in the very first episode. He's a professor, and he's ended up—he's like banging the um, the other main character, his his girlfriend that he's like breaking up with.
1: That guy was a professor, the guy that was banging her. Yeah. Okay. He was a yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they're out there. Oh yeah. It's probably a archetype like. I don't who, think
0: there's a color because what do you? How do you? Um, there's nothing technically illegal happening there. There's, there's people, everyone of age and consenting age and uh it's just it's definitely not any sort of professionalism by any means at all but it does happen um and then there's a little bit of foreshadowing the very first episode where she likens it to a movie she's like oh it's just gonna it's gonna be just like this movie and his line was kevin costner gets shot at the end
1: yeah the Um, bodyguard
0: yeah is that what the name of the movie is
1: it was a huge movie, like, in 1990 or It would something.
0: be like the bodyguard. He's like, can you constantly get shot at know, uh, Is that a little foreshadowing for how this is going to end up for him? I like that the end of the first episode, the climax of the first episode, is literally a climax. Was it? Yeah, where he gets nutted on his face.
1: Oh, right. That's how the end of the first <laughs> one. Yeah. Right.
0: Literally the climax of, the show, of that first one. Because what happens is he has to... Uh, there's this guy that they kidnap... Right, like they meet, they like he you know, pays him. He them to pays like, them to kidnap yeah. him at a certain place, and they throw him in the trunk and they bring him somewhere. He's like, "Where are you? Where am I? You're out in the middle of the Midwest."
2: And hey, hey bet dick, this is New York City.
0: Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you hear the horns outside, but um, they like tie him to this table, and he's like, "Make fun of my tiny dick," and then uh, she tells. What's the guy's name? What's the other main character's name? Yeah, I can't... I don't remember either of their names. Me, me neither. I just know Mistress May, and he wants to be called Carter.
1: That's right. So let's, call so let's just Carter. call
0: him Carter. Yeah, because that he chooses that as his, his like bonding name or his uh, dominatrix name. Dominatrix like, assistant name. Yes, assistant name. You guys are professional. And he um, he tells him, he's like... Uh, he starts laughing. He starts he laughing. He starts he's, laughing at how absurd Mistress is. May, is Carter laughing at
1: my dick? <laughs> <laughs> he's like... Kind of turning me on. <laughs> or
2: yeah, like make fun of your.
1: Well, because you thought when you were watching it, he's, he's gonna just... be like, is, "Is this guy laughing at our role play thing here?" Mm-hmm. And That's... she was like, "No." And then she's like, "Get into it, like make joke." And then all of a sudden, the guy turns it into like a little opportunity to work on his uh, material, mm-hmm. making fun of the guy's dick. And instead of making it making him laugh, it brings this guy to climax, which I didn't find too believable no that guy—that I mean, guy's the least believable one in this show this one particular client that is the one paying all this money to have them do all this shit piss on him and stuff and yeah it's just not, it's not the guy that would want all that shit is not going to be this guy that they're it's just not really well developed I don't think you don't think so? no you don't think that guy maybe might exist though? I think there are guys out there that exist that want to be pissed on and guys that want to be humiliated and all that but that guy's not doing a good job of portraying that type of guy mm-hmm. no fucking way Greg knows from experience. I just... It's not believable to Look, me. Look, I know. I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not saying, saying that's how it is. I'm saying it's not believable to me, which is right. indisputable.
0: I know every time I've been pissed on. And, uh, and these... I can't have my dominatrix with her assistant laughing at me. There was this one part where he wakes up in the morning... And I have my subtitles on the Netflix thing. Uh, Only if I'm not watching stand-up comedy. So if I'm watching stand-up comedy, you take the the subtitles off. But other stuff I like to have the subtitles on. (laughs) Okay. And he walks, he's like, falls asleep in that place. And he wakes up and he's in the shower. Oh, no, he's at at home and he's like uh, in the shower. And the subtitles just say fapping. (laughs) Fapping. Yeah, dude, I know the fucking guy writing up the narration for that is like... Probably some millennial, and he's just so happy with that. He's so happy with that. that he got to write that. Nice. Because it is on a onomatopoeia, so that's what, like, when it's in quotations, it's like the noise that's coming up. But, yeah, I mean, I, what do you think, uh, where do you think, like, the whole direction
1: of the the thing goes? Um, I didn't finish it. Like, how far did you, you said you watched. I watched five. I don't know how many there were. There was, there was definitely at least a few more. Mm-hmm. I I probably won't finish the season because I wasn't all that interested in it, but I did, you know, I wanted to give it a shot and and watch some of them. I don't know. I kind of like her. The other developing story with her that comes in is she starts dating that guy from her class Mm -hmm. that she's very dismissive of in the beginning, but then he starts getting attention from the other blonde girl in the class. Mm -hmm. They seem to be the two high achievers, her and this other girl. And the other girl's kind of messing around with that guy, so then that stirs her up to want to be with the guy he... But that guy actually likes her, the mm-hmm. dominatrix. Right, and so it seems like that'll be something that goes on. She's already told him that she's a dominatrix. There's okay. an app where she doesn't want to tell him, and then she does. Then she's got that guy who's like the he's like a manservant in her house, one mm-hmm. of her clients. The German guy. The German guy. He has a, like a thing where he like follows follows her on her date and tries to be like the servantile guy that is in her house out in public uh-huh. and messing up her date and she's pissed about that oh, okay that's a funny little and plot then, device yeah and then there's also an episode a situation that comes up after the third one are you gonna watch the rest like what, i probably won't
0: just uh, the only way i, I was didn't want to
1: ruin it for you if there was you know no, i
0: think anything you tell me now i'm not going to necessarily remember the only like if i watch it again it's going it's going into a queue on my thing it's like if i'm with like a group of people or like someone else and I think about it like oh that would be good for
1: the two of us to watch or the three of or however whatever's going on to watch in this setting then I'd put it on and I'd watch it so I think what's going to happen is her relationship with the guy is going to develop a little more we're going to get a little bit more dominatrix stuff or whatever and then the the um last call You're filing for bankruptcy. The lawyer said stop spending, cut up the credit cards, and he'll help you with the judge. It doesn't have to end yet, though. When it's closing time at the bar, they turn on the lights to tell you there's time for one more round. Let us turn on that light for you. Last call. Last Call is the app that makes sure you don't leave any of your hard-earned spending potential on the table. Sure, the gold card is no good anymore, but how about that gas card? Or that Macy's card? That boat they're going to repossess? Did someone say unexpected theft and or fire? And you'd be surprised how much we can get you for your identity. You don't need it, you're about to go bankrupt. Last Call can help you turn these opportunities into cash. Don't be victimized by lost opportunity our team of Jewish lawyers are standing by to help you buy that last round. Because this closing time is going to last seven to ten years. Last call. This one's on the house, a Popco brand. Carter Mm -hmm. also is having a relationship with a guy he met somewhere, so that's going to continue to further on. And it's weird because what they're playing on there is Carter is kind of a hawk, a what's the word I'm looking for, like meek. Right, Yeah, To be the dominatrix, dominatrix assistant and being mm. involved in it at all. And the guy that he's dating is like non-stop wants to look at Dick. Like the first date, did you see the one where they went on their date? No, I didn't see He invites that. him to a date and, the, and Carter's all excited. And then um, they go to a, like a go-go bar where there's like dudes dancing in his dicks and everything and the guy's like, they're like in like little speedos on the bar. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. Oh, it's a go-go it bar, yeah. There you go. So he's at a go go bar and the, it's like there's like loud music and the guy's like what the fuck? I wanted to, I thought we were going out for coffee. And then they got coffee. The dude's here. like what are you talking about? They got dicks here and then he chases him out and they're... but the guy's like a total dog. Mhm. And he's like he likes the guy but he's very meek and not, you know, very Yeah, it seems like his whole
0: his whole arc is like the coming out of his shell thing, you know, like he's too afraid to go up on stage. At the stand-up comedy thing, and this, and that's the other through line. And what do you, you do with build. that character? You throw them into like the most like difficult situation you can think of for that character. That's what you would do. Got to put that. yourself out there. You got no right. choice in that job. And and that is you know being doing stand-up is exactly that. And then uh, the whole story arc of him, him trying to find his confidence in the dominatrix thing, I think, is really. I mean, it, it's it's a well. I like, if
1: you want to talk, like, how do you think the acting is? Do you think of everyone's Acting is good. I think Carter is doing a pretty good job of his part. In her role, I, you know, yeah, she's all right, I guess. I, think, I don't yeah. think it's anything great. I do think he's doing a good job of channeling that, like, that meek guy mm-hmm. that finds himself in a tough situation. Yeah, this, um, you know, I recommended, I I was uh,
0: I messaged Amanda Hurley to see if uh, she got her, her postcard, just as I was about to put it on. And she told me, she said, yeah, I got my postcard, that kind of stuff. And then I played the show and I started watching it. I was like, holy shit. Like the, if there's anybody I would recommend this to, it would be her. So I, I mailed her. And the reason I thought of that was because how they have these two people that now live in New York City. And they went to like high school and shit together. And um, one of them is doing like stand up and stuff. And so Amanda came from Arizona, as you know. She moved there to do the... Uh, was it the Daily... No, no, it was the Colbert Report. She was the intern for the Colbert Report. That's why she went. Was was
1: the Letterman thing first? Oh, yeah, the Colbert thing yeah. was first. That's right.
0: And so she was the intern for the Colbert Report, and while she was there for this internship, she was doing stand-up and everything. And then living there for a while, you know, the internship ended and all that kind of shit, her friend, also from high school, had been doing, doing stand-up in, uh, a little bit out in Arizona, also moved up to... Uh, New York City and was living in New York City and they were friends and everything and uh, he was uh, a little wide in the loafers uh, floating just ever so tenderly above his loafers if you will and um, also for stand up or he just moved to New York I think he he did want to do stand up though once he got there he never even I don't even I don't remember him doing open mics I never saw him at the open mics I think he said he was gonna like it was just like a, a next step kind of thing I think he was just so taken by just being in the city itself and trying to get his shit together that way it was a little difficult
1: i want to be a producer which means i'm gonna have to be an actor which means i'm gonna have to do some stand-up so i'm a waiter right now but that's the plan everyone they all starts as waiter it's like a,
0: (laughs) it's like a undergrad for actors undergrad there you go (laughs) but um and that was so i thought of that and i was like there's that just the the idea that you have two people who knew each other like in high school even when i was up there how many people i knew from high school we're living in New York City, and like as soon as I got there, I stayed with one of them for a week until I got my own place. And that's um, just like the, I think you know, just having that little extra bit of plot to relate to. I, I sounds
1: like it'd be very relatable. Yeah. To her. So I sent it to her, and uh, obviously, you know, it was. And so I thought that would be. And interesting she also moonlights long. as a dominatrix, which you skipped over, but I, I think that's what would make this super relatable to her. Little,
0: I don't. Uh, just a little fact. I mean, I can't say anything. But one of her main clients, I can't say his name, but his um, his last name does rhyme with rapport. So, I just want to say that um, it was funny. I think she she thought I think she thought I was gay um, because she like set us up to like hang out and stuff. Like all three of us would like hang out. And she was like there as like a mediator. She's like, oh, I want you to meet him and stuff. And then. Um,
1: I think you guys want to make out or anything. I'm gonna go in the kitchen. I'm gonna
0: go hang out over here. (laughs) But I kind of started getting that feeling after a while. I was like, I just want to meet. I'll meet your friend. I don't care. And and we were all hanging out. Um, But yeah, I think she just she might have thought I was a homosexual. Interesting. What 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 do you think about your vibe was making her think that? Uh, Because there was a number of like we were we hung out like from the first. So I met her my second day in New York City. I met her. And she, um, was it gonna, yeah, and then we, we pretty much hung out from then on. Like, we would meet up every day to bark, because we were barking like six days a week. And we would, um, like, usually hang out before or after, because she lived like right down the road. She lived like right in fucking Times Square. It was stupid. And uh, so we'd hang out all the time, and it, a lot of times I'd end up just fucking sleeping at her place. And a lot of times I slept at her place, I would sleep like in the bed with her. And I never once, like, ever came onto her or ever did anything, ever, like, touched her, nothing. And but so I, I my think,
1: guess is that she must have had the thought that you were gay before. Why to let me uh, yeah, go that far? Yeah, probably because she. I think she also just
0: because if she probably did have maybe not that I was gay, but also that I was no threat because of how little. It's like when you, I think when you when you grow up with so many sisters, as somebody who has sisters, you can sometimes see through the, the, the female, like, guys down to somebody who's just a regular fucking person with a vagina. Do so you really good at being non-threatening like, non-threatening, knowing threatening what
1: the and, cues are and hitting them right. And also
0: way. saying things a little more direct than, like, because guys who don't do that, everything is like, oh, i got to say something a certain way. She's a lady, she might want to fuck, all that kind of stuff. But, like, when you take that, it's like, oh, I don't really... Just, like, when you talk to them as somebody you don't want to fuck... It changes, and females, there's something that connects with a female for a guy that doesn't want to do them, and it's either
1: just, a lot of times I, maybe, it maybe it's those cues. Guys. I always come off so fucking rapey, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not a rapist. Could be because... I'm I mean, not a rapist. I want to... He just
0: has a nervous t- twitch where when he talks to women, he has to wring his hands, <laughs> and it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just doesn't even know what no, he's doing. No, you're
1: totally it. right. You're totally right. Those little cues, like so much stuff happens that... You can easily put yourself in a in a in a bad part of the playing field, Mm -hmm. even if you haven't. You're not trying to do anything with the woman. It's very easy to put cues off if you're not actively trying to put out like the little, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not trying to fuck you vibe, like legitimately, not the oh hey, what are you doing over here? I'm not about fucking at all. I just I'm interested in what you are reading or what you're doing. There's there's definitely uh, several layers of that, and you can get yourself in a bad spot very easily without doing much. Yeah, and, I and you clearly got the other way. Where you were right in there, you probably could have totally fucked her. Yeah, got all just, the, you got the shields down on the Death Star.
0: It was weird. There was something about it. She's a very
1: pretty girl, but I just was never, never uh, like probably because you her. met her so quickly. You were still like shell shocked and like trying to take in all this new stimulus, and you're like, "This is an ally." I mean, I still I don't. That wouldn't stop me. That would stop me
0: if I like. Not at all. (laughs) So why do you suppose it was then that you just... There was something about her that did remind me of, like, a sister. And that aspect was, like, not necessarily... Not that I couldn't uh, see that she was very attractive and that I could be aroused. But I also didn't want to, like... I don't know, maybe just, like, ruin anything or kind of... I don't know, she also didn't seem like she was too interested either. And so we just kind of had this mutual agreement of being... Friends and whatnot, and I guess anybody that she had been friends with like that in her life was homo, or uh, not, not. that there's anything wrong. With, there's that. Anything wrong with that. Um, and uh, was was a was a homo, and <laughs> and so that's probably is that as now. is that as offensive as it used to be. You think homo? To say I think homo? anytime you shorten a, a, a word, it's just when I say homosexual, it that sounds really bad too. Or if I say gay, it's like I don't know someone who's queer. So I'm wh- not saying it with any negative intention. So if somebody wants to. Everybody, homo if any, yeah, homo
1: fucking homos but yeah
0: it's not followed by a fucking fucking homos <laughs>
1: fucking <laughs> homos <laughs> it's
0: like that Bill Burr joke but I mean yeah so, oh, the, so
1: that's with the the fucking Asians or mother The uh, what do you say um, Asian motherfuckers is it, yeah yeah. Where, it's wherever a you bunch put the, of Asian motherfuckers that's why he says black Asian guys get away with it because they
0: put the motherfucker after yeah, they, Asian, Asians. He put <laughs> if the white guy puts the motherfucker. These motherfucking Asians. When you put it in front, <laughs> it's yeah, that's the. <laughs> that's so true too. It
1: is, dude. That's geez. a great bit. It, it, it
0: is, um, but they. Uh, what was I gonna say? But yeah, I, I, so I recommended it to her. She hadn't seen it yet. I don't know if she's watched it, but either way. She did get her postcard. She sent a picture of it. So pretty soon... Nice. The postcards are all going to be... I'm going to start putting them on our Instagram so you can see people, other people that got them. That's going to be fun. And where would you rate this? I would say watch it if
1: it's there. I would rate it below that. I don't want to be like totally disparaging because it did have some entertaining moments. There the were some things that... There were flashes of funny for me. Mm-hmm. But in general, after five fucking episodes... I wasn't that interested in in following what was going to happen with any of them.
0: So you wouldn't you wouldn't watch it if it's there for like there was a you saw the moment with uh, maybe s- people you were hanging out with or anything. Is it something that your wife would be interested in? Watching? If a
1: guy showed up at my house in a leather suit and said, "I'm thinking about getting into this business and I would like to watch something," said, boy, do I that, have the show for you! I would still say, "I don't want to watch that." You should watch Best in Show. Should watch Best in Show. So, um,
0: but did, what did would your Wife enjoy watching that? Is that something she would find funny or?
1: No, my wife's too... kind of prudish. Yeah, and I mean, if something's really funny, she'll watch whatever. But right. that's not funny enough that it would keep them. And she'd be like, no, nah. like for example, Friends from College, mm-hmm. even that was a little bit too much for her. Yeah. You know? I definitely think it is a
0: millennial show. It is bonding. a show bonding. Yeah, it's definitely this generation. This. <laughs> This place in time, this LGBTQ, this dealing with all these different... Uh, with with sexuality, we're in a place where we're, we're really dealing with sexuality. It's a much more hot-button issue than it is. Yeah, it's a huge thing. We're, we're in this sexual identity revolution. And you know, Netflix being such a millennial-driven service at this time, like they're definitely trying to expand and grow and, and slowly move people onto the platform. Um, but they're still just so... The first people there, and the, um, a vast majority of the people that are are watching the content there are are millennials. That's that's like you know what what you're dealing with, or the people just on just outside, like into the, that the generation X, Y, just not, but definitely not all the way up to like that that boomer generation. That really is kind of
1: boomers outside. Of, watch that boomers they, don't have time for that shit. They're all about. They don't care. Got to gotta do be do. productive. If I'm not doing the Stuff around the house or doing something to make some money or family time. Right. And being you, a great granddad, that I have no time for that filth.
0: Yeah, they don't want to watch something that's going to remind them about the, the, the dog shit time that they live in now that they hate. They want to watch something that's going to remind When men were men and women were women, and by golly, nobody was
1: pissing well, or whipping around. We knew about the homosexuals. We knew about them, but they just stayed where they were. We didn't ask them nothing, and they didn't tell us nothing. But they... They knew to goddamn not tell me shit about it.
0: That's right. They kept it secret. Goddamn homosexuals. People like to say, well, what do you care? It's not like they're fucking on your lawn. Well, guess what? Now
2: they're fucking on my TV. They're (laughs) in my damn house.
0: These, uh, but yeah, so that's like, that is definitely, and I, and coming from, that's why when you're saying, like, there's nobody, you know, I wouldn't find myself in a place where... You know, I'd be showing it. But I, I can see myself. You're exactly the demographic I'm saying. here.
1: The type of identity that can be misconstrued, I'm at least with Amanda Hurley for a homosexual. Mm-hmm. In, you're like a fighter in the sexual identity revolution. I am. I mean, you're loving the show. We're going to be hosting sit-ins down at the Denny's.
0: sit <laughs> Uh-huh. Because everybody knows that they're not that the no, LGBTQ
1: is, is, a, is not welcome at Denny's. It is definitely, obviously, a millennial thing. Mm-hmm. That sexual identity is you can tell, yeah, the, such a complex issue that it hasn't been ever before. Yeah, and I think maybe not the people that wrote it and everything.
0: They're probably in their like their thirties, forties, almost. But they're being in that realm, being on Netflix, being that whole thing. Are probably more in tune with the, all that bullshit going on, right? Not saying it's bullshit. Definitely not trying to trivialize people trying to feel comfortable in this world. But I definitely. Uh, you
1: know, they're more in tune with that whole thing. Because you know why? What you just said right there, I totally agree with it. We had talked a, a while back about uh, the Your Mom's House episode with Scott Thompson right. from The Kids in the Hall. He's like the ostent- ostentatious gay yeah, We just talked guy. about this, like...
0: Yeah, because that episode came out pretty recently, maybe a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we would just We didn't talk-, talk about it on the
0: podcast, though. We didn't
1: talk about it on the podcast, right. but f- in that episode, they have a big um, conversation about writer's rooms and diversity, and Scott Thompson is like, fuck diversity. This diversity shit when it happens organically that's one thing but to be like we need a Chinese man we need a woman between 20 and 25 we need a lesbian and the the writing room has to be diverse he's like fuck that shit there's shit happening out there there's people that want to watch stuff that relates to it and there's nine Jewish guys that are going to do it better than everyone else <laughs> so fuck off and I said you know I mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of a fucking truth you know what I mean there are people that not that you can't have nine Jewish it. guys and Conan O'Brien they need to be in there <laughs> Wasn't Conan
0: O'Brien a writer for The Simpsons for the longest time? He for a while he was, yeah. You know, you're the first non-Jew in your son, <laughs> honorary. That is, and and yeah, I didn't know uh, you watched or uh, you listened to that one too. But yeah, that was a, um, I agree, and it's there's and that that dude that is there's a lot of pushback when it comes to diversity in comedy and the comedy world, especially not not uh, a lot in the writers' room, but even you know when it comes to comedians and being on stage themselves, you know with um Like, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee caught a lot of flack because the first, like, season was like, white guy, white guy, white guy, black guy, white guy. And there, and, uh... Can we get, would it kill you to have Margaret Cho in your car, Jerry? He's like, well, as long as I'm driving, I guess, it's okay. (laughs) And she, get it? Yeah, because he said that people, and people are like, what's going on? Yeah, would it kill you? And he's like, I'm not... Trying to do this, I'm these are these are people I know that I'm friends with, these are people that I think are very funny. Like, that's all I'm doing, I'm just choosing people that I think are funny. It has nothing to do with whatever. I mean, he did start, you know, then he started going outside of the whole comedy thing and got a he went right for the gusto and got President Obama on the show. So, you know, the funniest stand up comedian to ever be
1: president. Um, I actually did like that one though because remember of they, they weren't allowed to take the car off the property yeah so they just like cruised around they just kept going to fuck with the guards like no we're just t- I'm just taking it off for a little bit we're hitting McDonald's or whatever and <laughs> they were like you he's not and he's like he's just kidding he's Jerry Seinfeld he's just kidding <laughs> Jerry i not you come with us please <laughs>
0: and then they just ended up having coffee like in the in the fucking cafeteria or something so yeah yeah they uh, I would put it for myself just watch it if it's there. Just because of that, you know, I might find myself in a place where I might want to put it on. And um, let's... What's um, the next one going to be? What is the next one going to be? Everybody, drum roll, please. This is the next Millennial Book Club installment. And I am going to... The the blurb here... Now remember this blurb, because once we say it, we can't find it again once we start watching it. This mockumentary series follows the peculiar lives of six eccentric and sometimes obscene misfits who march to their own beat. This is a Netflix original called Lunatics. What is your match on this one? Uh you know what? It came up for me, so it must be pretty high. I can tell you what my match is. I think we should do it on the count of three. Now, this is a the cast is Chris Lilly, and the creator is Chris Lilly. So when you have the whole cast is Chris Lilly, so I think He's playing multiple roles and characters throughout this thing,
1: I think is what we're seeing here. I did not want to... Well, I don't want to say I didn't want to watch it prior to watching the, the trailer, but I like it a lot more after seeing the trailer. All right, ready? On the count of three, we're going to do our match. All right. One, two,
0: three.
1: 60, 97. 62%. Wow. Wow.
0: Just things you don't... You like. You've been watching too much of the uh, your mockumentary death porn. That already. doesn't
1: happen a lot, dude. That... We're so far off on something yeah. like this, especially in the comedy stuff. In the comedy section. You tend to delve more into, like, the sexual identity exploration stuff. Yeah, I was 100% like... on bonding. <laughs> Actually, I think bonding is too new, right? So we, there is no... Yeah,
0: there's no... The, when, when something's too fresh, there's no... It doesn't know... It can't tell if you like it yet. But, um... Yeah, guys, so if you would like to be a part of the conversation, we hope you would. And if you do send us a... Um, if you do send us any kind of reviews, you get a really special postcard. We send out postcards to anybody who wants them, but we have a different one and a special one for the Millennial Book Club, so you can have two postcards. And uh, so, yeah, if you write a review, you want to watch Lunatics, tell us what you thought, even if it's just a sentence that says, "I thought it sucked." Guess what? You get a postcard, and um, we'd love for people to get those postcards because if you could get that postcard and then send us a picture back with you, you know, maybe put it on your refrigerator do whatever. We're going to load up our Instagram with them, and we want to tag you in them just so everybody sees that there are real people out there watching or not watching but listening to the Road Soda podcast. So send your reviews to roadsodamail at gmail.com, and tell us what you think, and watch Lunatics! Lizard Lift is the Uber of lot lizards. Easily find and match with truck stop ladies in your immediate area, Lizard Lift takes the guesswork out of the hunt. Stop accidentally soliciting Blimpies employees on their smoke break.
1: I've been a truck driver 27 years, and I still can't always tell an Arby's waitress from a truck stop whore. When I roll into an Oklahoma City pilot station 3 in the morning, last thing I want is a large Mountain Dew thrown at me.
0: And now you can test your skills with the new in-app game. Lizard Wizard. Lizards are always slithering and on the move. Catch them all to collect points and rewards, and you'll feel safe knowing all you'll catch is a good time. All Lot Lizards are rated and inspected with fixed fares and complete coverage from Pimp-surance.
1: Everyone wins with Lizard Lift. I had this wicked long driveway. (laughs) <laughs> and every time it snowed, I was just like, I'm fucking spending my whole day's pay to fucking have my driveway shovel. It fucking blew. Man, out. Driveway, length, driveway length is definitely directly correlated to length of time. Loop. Dude, it was 600 fucking feet, dude. And it was. we had a couple of bad winters. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Let's get the fuck out of yeah. here. Where, where in Jersey are you guys?
4: Well, I was originally from up north, but now we're uh, now I'm down south. We're
0: probably like uh, 40 minutes from Atlantic City. yeah oh ah, Okay. That is dirty Jersey there, huh? <laughs> it's the dirtiest, bro. It's the dirtiest.
3: We're like, we're like Jersey yeah. Shore, close to Jersey Shore. Really. Yeah, like 20 yeah. minutes it's from Long Beach, Beach Island. That's between a, the mountains and the and the shore, really. Yeah, yeah we're
0: scumbags. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Hey, man, that's a beautiful place up there in, uh, in, in a different way, in a good way, <laughs> in, a, in a good way.
4: A lot of mullets. I've never <laughs> seen more mullets <laughs> until I moved down to South Jersey here. Like, there's really? a lot of mullets.
0: A lot of beaver tails. That's crazy. I never knew that. that. that is something you wouldn't expect to see in Jersey. Yeah, no. Everyone down, like you get a whole. There's a whole bunch of people down here that like think they're like Southern. They all wear camo. They all have like yeah. monster truck tires on it their pickup. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's South Jersey. Yeah, South bro. South something. <laughs> a lot of fucked up teeth. A lot of fucked up teeth. Damn, you gotta make sure to fix your mouth. That's rule number one. I mean. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I was I, I was so young when, I, when we moved to Florida that uh, it was you know it wasn't a choice. It was just my family moved here. so That's how it
4: was with me down here. yeah. Yep. I was younger and then yeah, they, they moved, so I
0: moved.: That's right you don't got a choice. you can't just hang around when you're nine. Yeah. <laughs> I was about
4: 21, 20, but yeah, I got kicked out of an apartment, so I had to go back.
0: Had to go back home. Had to go back home. Why, what'd you yeah. do to get kicked out of an apartment? It was actually a real shitty deal because,
4: like, I moved in with my roommate, but uh, I guess his dad—the apartment was still under his name—and then something happened. I don't know if it was a lot of parties, too many parties, or something. That <laughs> that's
0: kind of, usually—that's usually a check in the box. <laughs>
3: So, Slambo and I, we grew up around here and we went to high school together yeah. and we were part of like the, the nerdy clique, which where we are in Jersey just means we weren't runneck enough. We
0: were just like outcasts because we weren't wearing like camo and like, you know, because we were- they knew how to read. We didn't have, yeah. <laughs> Their parents
4: have pickup trucks. Yeah, exactly. Bands, like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're not. Yeah, wow. I'd rather be a a nerd. Oh, those is wearing a camouflage hat
1: Wait, right Slambo, now. So, oh, this, like, is, this is not uh, mossy oak. So, oh, okay.
2: A mossy oak. It's a mossy oak, oak. <laughs> is that a
1: mossy oak hat? No, it's <laughs> <laughs> this is my tuxedo, bro. It's mossy oak. I'm wearing it to the prom. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: You guys are great. <laughs> hey, you guys are fucking great too, man. Yeah, this is. I'm. I was, uh, I, it's always. There's so many podcasts, there's so many things going on that's hard. We wanted to do some kind of, uh, connection like this. It's just fun that you were, you reached out first. And, uh, I'm very happy you guys did. <laughs> well, that's
4: why I, I, I'll play them in a minute. But, uh, once I. I you were, um, besides on Instagram. Most of the people I already follow or follow me, I already follow from Twitter. We already knew each other. But you guys were a new show. And you guys post those commercials. And that's why I was like, are,
1: are they your production? Because they're so good. They're so good. Oh, that's fucking you. awesome, man. Thank you. Isaiah is the uh, the technical end. I come and do the recording. I try and bring something to the writing and whatnot. That's and what
0: I am going to ask. Like, this how long just this it all up. up?
1: Sorry?
4: how long does it take to come up with one? Do you guys like meet just to do these
0: or does one of you write them and the other records them or how it does, does it work? It's both. It's all, all those things. Yeah. It used to be one, uh, we would kind of flip flop back, back and forth with who was writing them. And it slowly, we slowly just put, started putting more and more effort and time. They used to be like these just long two minute reads, almost like a, you know, a more normal podcast commercial. And, uh, but then we just, it just wasn't, we wanted to keep trying to make it better and funnier until it slowly morphed
1: into what it is now. Yeah, we, it, we used to start out just like, hey, you got to bring an idea this week, and that went shitty, because like, we'd be staring at something and go, hey, water bottle, that's what it's going to be, and we do these fucking long-ass shitbag commercials. Trash bags. And then it trash kind of trash. evolved. Now we like, we meet sometimes, we're like into it, and I, we, in the yeah. beginning, we you know, you've listened to a bunch of podcasts, you know that the podcast advertisement is a little bit more long form than like a TV commercial. But, yeah. Right? And, and I like those and we had some fun with that, but I think we've kind of moved more into like the, well, Instagram basically has the minute limit and we like the idea of putting them out on Instagram and he does those kick-ass uh, slideshows with it. So now yes. we're kind of trying to stick to a minute and it's kind of bringing us more into like TV commercial and like the Micro Machines guy, you know?
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes. I'm gonna play uh, right now. Oh, so before you do though, uh, Rob said he found you guys. You found them on Instagram. Yeah. So you are. You guys are
1: our first Instagram guest because everyone yes. else has been Twitter guests. Nice. Check that out. We popped the Insta cherry. That's awesome. How's it feel, Sambo To have your cherry popped. It's. I mean, it's, it's, it's exhilarating. It's exhilarating. It sounds exhilarating. Like you just bit into a peppermint patty. It sounds like. <laughs> I'm going to play right now, it's though,
3: almost guys. that good. <laughs> I'm going to play Smuggle Buddy. That was All one right. of my favorites. All right. Nice. Smuggle Do Buddy. you want me to mute the mic, sir? Uh... No, oh, all right. It's up to you. You roll with this. You're all right, we're just gonna keep the electrical
2: This guy. episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Smuggle Buddy, the number one smuggling app. Download Smuggle Buddy and easily smuggle everything—drugs, people, and drugs in people. With Smuggle Buddy, tracking your
0: paraphernalia has never been easier. Know what's on the ground, in the air, and in the
2: toilets at all times. Expense tracking, airfare, supplies like baggies and laxatives, all at your fingertips. I'm a mule, and I risk death every day from a rupturing drug filled condom in my stomach. (laughs) The last thing I need is a missed payment from my coyote. For mules, Smuggle Buddy is a
0: game changer. Mules can pair with dealers and coyotes, track frequent flyer miles, and with the seamless payment feature, you will have your money before the last baggie hits the toilet water.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Smuggle Buddy. Smuggle, your one-stop shop for smuggling solutions. <laughs> oh so God, that was amazing. Thank oh, you. Who voiced that? Uh, that was me. Yeah, Isaiah's the voice guy. I do one voice. It's this this hunky stud guy that comes across the mic, and that's about it. Isaiah's the voice guy. I'm trying to branch
2: out. Nice. Slim one voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the voice of Slim. <laughs> there's
0: yeah, no, there's something about the, the one voice guy, though. And I keep trying to tell Greg, I'm like, dude, there's, there's something about the guy that can't exactly do the other voices, but it's just that guy doing the voices
1: is what becomes really funny. And uh, yes. it, there is something really funny about that. It takes time, though. We did these. I don't know if you heard these ones. I don't know if you sent the, um, the Matthew McConaughey ones. I did. No. In my head, you know those Matthew McConaughey ads for like the Lincoln Navigator, where he's just sitting there saying his philosophical, mind blowing Matthew McConaughey shit. In my mind, it was going to be hilarious. We wrote some lines, and we just did these little teaser lines, and I just can't do the fucking accent. So when I listen to it, it's like nails on a fucking chalkboard. So he loves to fucking put them on because he knows it fucking I think sucks. No, I think it's really funny. He
0: thinks he hears them and he's like he hates it, but I listen to it and I think they're really really funny. They're the, but yeah, there they they was were a couple of them. Yeah, the, the, what were they? What's the car? Acura, Infinity. Driving out of, what are the car? What's the car? The Lincoln Navigator. Lincoln right? Navigator. Yeah yeah. You just, yeah. yeah, yeah, Lincoln Navigator. Lincoln Navigator. there Yeah, they're, I could send a, I, shit, I'll send you all of them. I don't care if you want
1: to. Yeah, we love them. to have someone here in a minute. We love doing them. Like, we're big. At, I You know, I wanted to ask you guys actually if you're kind of in the same enterprise that we are, but I, I feel like, Ninety-nine percent of the value of these podcasts, like you know, Road Soda for us, definitely is just we fucking love doing it, man. It's just really fun to have this creative uh, vein that you can kind of fucking pluck every week and then listen to how it came out. And you know, I I imagine you guys are doing a lot of the same thing. What are are your thoughts on the uh, the value of the Robin Slim Show for Robin Slim and Slambo?
4: Yeah, I I feel like it's therapeutic. Like it's, I was gonna say the
1: same it's thing. A good word. <laughs> I like that. I've always
4: like I've always needed something to like occupy me, and this definitely does. Slambo, it just goes along. I feel. It, it, yeah, it, it's
3: definitely a chance to be belligerent. <laughs>
2: yeah. For <laughs> me, I used to just be belligerent. <laughs> yeah. But now I got a reason. Now
3: I, mic, now I got a mic in front of me. That's it right. is like, I could be having the shittiest week in the world, and we sit down in front of the mics, and it changes everything. Like, it really is just this, like like Rob said, therapeutic, and it's just, it's amazing, it's amazing, uh, the people we've connected uh, with over the years, Yeah, and just... The, the fun we have doing it. And even like um we were talking to an earlier guest we had in, in live about listening to your own work every now and then, Rob, and I will go back together and, and we did it last week we're listening to stuff because we don't remember anything yeah. and just re-listening to stuff that we don't remember. Like, man, we're fucking funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, and that's so gratifying when you're able to do that. There, I know there's times when I'll release an episode and I go back immediately, immediately, and listen to it, and I'm just so hypercritical. I'm like, God, this, it just totally sucks. But then if I go back, you know, four or five episodes of the shit that I don't remember, then I'm like, you know, it's it's <laughs> nice. Genius! That was genius. genius. Who
2: is that guy? <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> yes yes like who was that other personality that took over <laughs> yeah
0: man, it makes you realize that you know because i always think that about the guys that are on late night every fucking night it's like how does that guy smile every goddamn day besides drugs and shit but how does that Breaking guy <laughs> yeah yeah man and it's just there's something about once it's time it's time and it uh it is it does
1: help a lot it it's extremely therapeutic. I don't think it's though. therapeutic for the fucking late night guys. They get that no. check and they're driving themselves <laughs> into early fucking grade. We are the exact opposite of that fucking coin. That's right. Yeah, that guy's Yeah, That's
0: where we all want to be.
4: That's right. <laughs> you
1: know. can only Showing wish.
0: Up. I want to ask, guys. Um, I saw a tweet.
4: I, I, I don't know. What do you call it on Instagram? It's not a tweet, is it? It's a post or a, an Insta. A just,
1: post, I, I guess.
4: I um, Are you guys
0: like Game of Thrones
1: fans? I am. So... You listen, he listened to the beginning like a, for the first few years watched the first few years
0: yeah I watched up and up through uh, season five four okay. season four and then I I, I let I was traveling around right in the middle of that season I just haven't watched uh, anymore I didn't know if you just saw this
1: pass one, the battle for Winterfell. oh I what? did man that was a fucking crazy app holy shit I was waiting for it after what? two slow oh. ones.
4: Dude, I was shaking. I was shaking, like, uncontrollably towards the end. He's
1: I didn't know pull. what was going to happen. <laughs> I was I, like I was going to, like, have a fucking stroke or heart attack, dude. You know what, though? It, I'm not being critical of it either, because, like, how the fuck could they pull that off? But I was like, how many fucking times in one hour am I going to watch, like, one of the characters, we'll say, like, Jon Snow, for example, surrounded 360 degrees by Mom, the zombies, and then we Get cut down, back to him, and friend. all of a sudden there's, like, five guys in front of him, and it's all fucking... He's just on the brink of dying, and then they switch to someone else, and you're like, there's no fucking way, they're, they're like crowd surfing on zombies, then they come back yeah. and there's like three left to kill or whatever. Then there were ones like getting
4: stabbed, and I thought for sure they were dead, but they were still around, like, it was, it was a little weird
1: at points. Any, but it was anybody so die, wait, should we not, we, should, we probably shouldn't be talking spoilers, like, specifically. I don't want to spoil it, yeah. yeah, it's so fucking new, but yeah. It was like, cool. But and it was the first one and I I g I don't know if
4: it's a spoiler or not, but it's the first episode. I loved the Red Witch. Like I really loved her. Like I hated her all the other time. She was on.
1: Well that much bitch much is much still fun. around? Oh yeah, dude. She had a she came out of nowhere. She had a she had a nice part.
4: Yeah, she's still around, but yeah, I, I really did. I, I really loved her and, and the one thing she did,
1: she did a few things, but the one thing she did was pretty fucking like pretty amazing. Pretty it, amazing. It was pretty cool. So, what was it, no, guys? We're not going to spoil it. But you know what else? Uh, this is what I was thinking because we did our app and we mentioned the uh, one of the news things was how much money that Avengers movie made. So think about how many people in America yes. last weekend at some point spent three hours watching the fucking Avengers kill a billion fucking things and a billion things trying to kill the Avengers and then on Sunday night, nonstop fucking killing on uh, fucking Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. non-stop. A lot nope. of fucking imaginary people died do you, this fucking weekend. there should think, be a memorial. Do you think <laughs> Monday the uh, zero kill rate just went up? We it's should just, make uh, a wall. There should <laughs> be like a Vietnam wall for all, all the fake people that died. Never forget. <laughs>
3: So before, before we were get, It's getting late, but before we wrap it up, you brought up Avengers Endgame, so, and I was thinking this during your commercial, because we're listening to your commercial, and I didn't mute the mics, which I usually do, but I didn't, and I was like, let's just leave the, the mics unmuted, and I hear Slambo laughing, and it, <laughs> it brought me back to the moment. So Slambo and I saw Avengers Endgame together, sitting right next to each other in an AMC theater, reclining seats and everything, and man... Everybody in this theater super into this movie. Every fucking five seconds, I hear one laughter. In the fucking theater and it's this loud "Ah, Nobody else laughing at anything that's fucking going on and it's the guy sitting next to me, it's fucking flambo. And I'm sinking deeper into my fucking (laughs) nobody fucking says anything to us. But he forgot to tell you the part where he tried to like grab my nipple and started like that never happened. And he
4: did
3: it happened. Flambo, everything. I, every I fucking, like literally every five seconds, I just hear this big flambo, laugh. <laughs> and uh, the whole theater is just quiet. And wow. I'm just like, that oh, wasn't a joke. That so wasn't funny. funny. But, flambo, you know, I kind of, I kind of laugh when like something gets killed or like or the Incredible hawk shows up at scre- on the screen. And as soon as you see <laughs> the hawk it's just like flambo laughing.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, I've got,
4: got excited for the Hulk,
0: man. You got excited. <laughs> That's
4: God funny. damn. Guys, we had oh, to t- write this up, and it's been a great
0: time to you about Absolutely, man. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, we'll come back anytime, and uh, we'll send you some more of those commercials if you want to play them or listen to them. We'd love to, man. Where can everybody find you guys? Uh, you can follow us everywhere at Road Soda Podcast. Again, that's Road Soda Podcast, and then listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and it's just Road Soda. If you type that in, you'll find us. And uh, every single Monday. Cool. Cool,
1: guys. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having us. Thanks a lot, man. Nice to meet you guys.
4: You too,
2: brother. You too, guys. Monster Burger. Come in today and try the all-new Monstrosity Burger. Two all-white meat chicken breasts, ham spirals, Alaskan cod filet, three all-beef burger patties, and a pork chop with white cheddar, white American, and feta, all on a Kaiser roll. The only full family meal for one on a bun. Now try it with bacon. Get a monstrosity burger, a fry sack, and a large drum of gullet blaster, all for only $5.99 at Monster Burger.
0: Yeah, so that was just the Rob and Slim. Uh, we just called into their show. Apparently, it's a live show. I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. We literally just hit stop on it. I missed... I'm really upset that I missed the first couple minutes. Like, I thought we would have... I don't know why, but I guess it's live, and they're actually aired on the radio somewhere.
1: It so. sucks, because you did that, that freestyle rap-off, and you fucking roasted fucking Rob, and we're never going to have that on tape. And it we'll was never have it. insane. I mean, you can always listen to their their podcast... We could try and re- rekindle the magic. I could be Rob, and you could. Uh, right. Now you know what. I don't even want to do it. It was just too good. You can't do it. You
0: could. You can't recreate what what just happened. But that was. I was. That was fun. They were. Um, I didn't know it was gonna be like a just you know, a little fifteen half hour thing. And
1: uh, they're tight, man. They get a lot of. I wanted to ask them how the fuck they got Laura Cayouette from um, Django Unchained and from fucking the Kill Bill movies. Yeah. On their show. Like, I listened to a couple episodes. I was definitely impressed with the caliber of guests, but I could tell that we were getting to that point where we were going to get, uh, you know, the music was going to come on and we were going to get bounced out. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be a good idea. Me neither. Yeah, I should yeah. have known that, though, because they do, like, three or four interviews. That guy is like a booking maniac, man, because they have, like, three or four people on every single app. Like, just yeah, you can them. tell he, he's... He,
0: uh... He's on top of it. He knows what he's doing. That was a lot of fun. And um, you think that was Slim that was doing all the booking, or you think that was Rob that was doing all the back and forth? Rob, I think, is because he said I I was booked. He was, you know, he specifically was stating that he was okay um, in the interview. He's like, yeah, we, you guys are the first uh, Instagram. He's like, yeah, I was, you know, had an open, open booking or whatever, so I booked you guys. Or, but yeah, that was that was fun. We had a good little thing, and we're gonna play this on. Our show as a segment, so everyone can hear it, and they can go check out the Robin Slim show. They have a pretty cool thing
1: going. What'd you think yeah. of it? Yeah, I think it went all right. I was a, I was a little concerned because I thought it'd be a little chaotic with they're already kind of, you know, like high energy, like morning radio. I mm-hmm. hope that was didn't they didn't take that as an insult, but I mean, I think they know that they're fucking like morning radio, and there's three guys in there just kind of going nuts, and then we were both trying to chime in, so I was a little nervous that it was going to be a lot of. uh you know. I think it went really well. You got a lot of fucking dope laughs. You know how to get those I was working northeastern guys. In I there. was working the shit like I.
0: He, like he I dropped a couple of bits that he. Um, that he, I can tell you. He's been workshopping
1: around. Uh, been workshopping. I had work a small shopping. focus group where I kind of re- reenacted. Yeah, the, la- this the last
0: episode where we were talking about in the news with the, how much money the. I like the tagline. It should be a memorial. Bam. See, so that was his tagline. I the, was
1: trying to squeeze it in. I was gonna say you got Robin Slim and then Slambo you kidding me? There's not some type of alliteration like, Rob Slim Slam or right. Rob and Slim Slam? Slam, yeah. slam Slam Rob? Rob Slim Slam? Rob like Slams saying. Rob? Not slam that I want to rename Rob the show slam after slam being slam. on it for 15 minutes, but take a couple of notes. You I think could you re- could just float in here, you <laughs> tourist? <Did> you <laughs> they've just, been doing it for a long time. I live long. here. This is my house. I wanted to mention, they're, they've done over 200 apps already, and they're yeah. weekly. They're weekly. They've been around since 2014 is when they started. That's like five... Four years of shows. Four years. But, oh, you know, I don't think they've been, like, every single week. The whole time. Like, we are super on point every single Monday. They're... But they've been clearly pumping it out for four years. They are a
0: proud member of hashtag Potter Family. Potter Family. I don't know what that is. Uh, it's, I think it's, like, just one of those conglomerates
1: of... I've heard of it, though. Did you get a chance to see, hear any of their ads that came up? Uh, yeah, I heard they have a phone sex ad. Yeah, what was her they, name? Um, something Kitty? I don't
0: remember what her name was. Hi, sounds like is... they know her. I think they know her personally because they also had her. They do these weird little, uh, or not weird, but they do these little like skits, like audio skits on there. And she was the, all the fe- she was doing the female voices.
1: Was That's it her think- for
0: sure? I, oh yeah, I can match.
1: That can match that voice, and um, she. I knew you would like that. By the way, I mean, I, you know, it's it is what it is, but y- you kind of got this idea that you want us to bring some level of. Definitely want to do something like that. What would future. you call it, like a like, like a, an
0: audio drama?
1: Like an audio drama.
0: Like re, I, I, there's so many different directions I would, or are, are different things that I want to eventually be doing on this,
1: other podcast that I just
0: I think would be entertaining, and that's what this whole thing should be is like whatever we can think of that would be entertaining, uh, you know, in the future I definitely want to be doing like news on the street stuff, like be out on the street actually interviewing people. Yeah, that's gonna be so much fun.
1: It will be once we get the audio thing on that. Like once you tell me this. This little thing hooked onto your phone will we we'll produce good audio. I'll be fucking interviewing every fucking person I come across. We'll just because something will be good at some If point. we
0: stand on the street with shirts, with road soda shirts and a clipboard, then you're free to Dick ask, out. Dick out. Then you're free. With to a flap. Th-
1: if you have a, f- a Velcro flap, you can it's, be dick out and Florida. back in.
0: Yeah, I think it's legal in Florida if oh, you have yes. a flap. It's legal in Florida. You have to have two steps between you and your piece, I think. It's the two-step rule in Florida, man. man. If you
1: can get two steps from the cops before they can put the cuffs on, you can fucking do whatever you the want, room, baby. All right. Yeah, and we But they See now I got the morning radio vibe going. I c I wanna keep it going. We're gonna call them back and fucking do Let's this call band. them back! We're not finished. Plus I'm drinking coffee at nine o'clock, so I'm probably not gonna to go to bed till
0: fucking Saturday. It's getting zooted. And also the audio drama thing, which is uh just just having like any kind of like scene, you know, like build a scene, we'll talk about it and then do some kind of acting reenactment, I would think that would bring a lot of but they are doing that and uh I think one was um, rape in, like out of uh, what was it? Raped in
1: space? Raped in space or rape, something like that? Lost in rapes? Lost in rapes? Something like that. There but might have been multiple titles, and it might have been like a. And, and there he's was, done a lot of them though. Like, dude, he's oh, making gosh. David Potter. If you're listening, you better wake it back up and get going because this dude is going for the beef narco crown, dude. Yeah. He's got tomes of this stuff going.
0: Yeah. If you if there is we definitely we totally a, should have told uh, him about
1: beef narco. I, what was the, I what was the pirate it. movie though? Uh, Jazz the Glass Jazz the Glass good fucking pull dude We should have told him About Jazz the Glass I bet you Rob would have that I couldn't pull tonight. Todd
0: Beringer If somebody had a fucking gun To my head But I'm like Jazz the Glass You Ever seen that shit That's so funny Todd Berringer I had a I had a I saw I was at the gym the other day And I saw a guy with a shirt That said um, It was like uh, Save Save the Stoke It was something like that Whatever it was It was like Save the Stoke Or find the Stoke Whatever It was something
1: like that And you were like Holy shit And I took a double glance And I was like No
0: way And I And uh I didn't talk
1: to him or anything because you don't, you don't talk to people at the gym. At least I don't. Well, the last thing you want to come run a foul of is a David Potter fan. That's fucking. Be I think stoke is a,
0: is a ubiquitous surfer term. You know. Is I it? think that yeah, I think people just know what stoke is if you're if you're into surfing. It's
1: like a common thing. What is it? It was like the chi or like the mana or yeah, like it is. The, the stoke. Yeah. The There's magic.
0: really like the, the unnamable un. Unth- keeps the sharks
1: from fucking eating your lower half off.
0: Brings the brings the waves in. Gives you a good time. Gives you a good roll. Good. Uh, you know, just glass. Don't gives queef good, on the stoke, man. Don't queef on the curls, man. Don't curl gives the queef you, on the stoke. Give you girl good white tops, good curls, you know, uh, good zips. Zoodahs, good good trails. Give her a good tunnel for the queef. Yeah, that would be weird. You, you know, know what, what I'm talking about. When it comes.
3: <laughs>
0: Whatever their lingo is. But yeah, dude, uh, they had a lot of that in their thing. But it was, uh, I, l- I listened to a bit of it um, today before because they just reached out to us like on Saturday or something so or Friday I believe yeah so it was pretty quick before we were on the you know we recorded and we then we were
1: I listened playing. to a few and I'll I'll throw out a little ad to them. if you want to hear something that's unique on their show they they screened the movie Bruno mm-hmm. which was a pretty fucked up movie did we we talked but did have you did seen they do it? the whole thing I believe because they did the whole on, thing. they're
0: on, like, radio, too.
1: I know. So that's, like,
0: they took a whole radio episode where they just played Bruno.
1: I mean, I can. I don't know if they did the whole thing, dude, but I was doing my dishes one night, and my wife, for whatever reason, she'll make fucking peanut butter and jelly. My kitchen is, like, fucking... It was, like, we catered a wedding for 35 people. <laughs> because she doesn't have to fucking clean up, so she's like, fuck Are you it. using a different knife for the jelly and the peanut butter? What it's, are you, uh, insane? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Helen Keller could fucking cook in my kitchen and make less of a mess than my fucking wife. So, needless to say, I had some time, and I was listening to them do this. Thing. I said, Bruno, they're watching the movie Bruno. I said, I want to hear how that goes. Plus, the movie Bruno is fucking ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. just it's just other gear. Like, what the fuck?
0: Oh, yeah, dude. Sasha Baron Cohen cranked it up. I mean, he was already at, like, a level 10, and he found a way to fucking break dude, the machine. And I did not toilet.
1: think there was another gear on top of fucking Borat. And then Bruno, oh, my God, dude. When he does that focus group with the people, th- mm-hmm. those are real people for those sure. Those are real people. What do you think about it? At one point, and he's just sitting there trying to helicopter his cock. Mm -hmm. And and these these people are so (laughs) fired up, dude. If MAGA hats existed at that time, (laughs) every person
0: in the fucking room would have it on front and backwards. MAGA
1: hats just were like spontaneously
0: created. Created. As that was happening. And they set (laughs) on fire. (laughs) While you
1: watched that. But then he he pushed it further and they disintegrated. (laughs) Instant
0: combust. Ooh.
1: So wait, Rob and Slim go to the movies. This might have been like... um, Maybe it was like a side thing. Maybe it was like a side thing. Dude, it was an hour and 30 minutes, so they might not have done the entire movie. Right. Well, that sounds like the whole movie. How Movies are an hour and a half. Oh, in this secret bonus show. Yeah, Yeah. so they did it April 8th, and it just happened to be the one that was on when I first came across them, and I'll tell you, it was just funny. You know, if certain people have good laughs. I've told you this before. I I listen to, uh, like, it's a thing for me. The dollop. The dollop, yeah, I like Dave's Dave I like Dave Anthony's laugh for sure. <laughs> That's it. It's a yeah, I got laugh. it. I got it. Now that I've watched it enough. Plus, it's not just the laugh. Hold on, it's the willingness to laugh. It's it's like the the knowing it, the, the good laugh, and they know when to actually laugh, mm-hmm. and they're not just fucking giving it away because then it's like, what the fuck? Come what on, are you, man, you're stupid? making this too easy, kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think he does a good job of making Gareth work for it. Mm-hmm. So when you hear one you're like, "Yes." And there's then you're almost like excited like, "Come on, Dave, that's yes." Dave thinks it's funny too. And there's
0: sometimes he reserves it a little bit while he's wait because it it sucked, but then that adds to the funny because he's not laughing. Cuz he's then, just fucking with him. Yeah. And then Gareth's got to like backped a little bit. He's like, ah, "Keep reading. All right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, and those are funny too. Then there's another podcast on the same thing. It's uh Oh yeah, dude, with John Larroquette Jr. and Seth Romatelli from uh, Haveral. And Jonathan's laugh is funny as hell too because I think he gets fucking cooked like a fucking Thanksgiving turkey and then he's just laughing. He laughs at everything and it's like all over the place so it's a different appreciation but it's just a funny laugh. Mm -hmm. And some people's laugh is really funny. My wife is more like a Dave Anthony so when I get her going it's just like I don't even have to like once I get her she doesn't laugh at a lot of shit. She's my wife of almost 20 years so I'm an asshole everything is fucking wrong whatever. Mm -hmm. But when I get her laughing maybe at like dinner time if I make a a jab that gets her, then I can just keep it going. Right. Then it's like, it doesn't even take much. And you can't even hear her, and she shakes. And my little sister, too. It's like my favorite laugh. Because when you get my sister laughing really hard, it's not even like the Dave Anthony. Like, take that up where audibly it goes to like where only dogs can hear. And oh, she's man. convulsing. Dogs are crying across the street. <laughs> you see it happening. You see it happening. There's nothing coming. to you're like, oh, my God. Because I know that in like 10 seconds it's going to wind down. And then you're going to hear like... The laughter re-enter the atmosphere, and it's just such a fucking payoff to see someone like crippled, mm-hmm. like crippled fucking laughing so hard. You're like that, obviously I think tells me it was funny if my if someone's inca- right. incapacitated. Dude,
0: that's that is the reason why I think so many people get addicted to like making people laugh. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by moodland.net.
2: Hi, I'm Larry Bird. Due to a government loophole, I now own half the moon. All of the front part. The Chinese own the rest. What am I gonna do with a whole half a moon? That's why I'm selling it to you by the acre. That's right, Moonland. It's an investment. You can till it, develop it. Why don't you start a garden? Some folks like to lease their moon land. The Indians used to think we were stupid to own land. Boom, pow, wow, can't own land. (laughs) But now who's stupid? Not you. And you gotta stay that way by purchasing Moonland at $1,500 per acre. I know what you're thinking. Larry, only $1,500? Are you sure you're not stupid? I'm not. I just want to make sure you don't disappoint your kids by leaving them with something useless. Like heirloom jewelry. Don't disappoint your kids buy the most luxurious space property in space www.buymoonland.net buy some moodland today
0: it's because when you get that when you start getting that from people and you start getting them like and you, you know how to crack them open you start getting them on a roll it's like that's how you know people are going to be a good stand-up as if it's just a, a moth damn it and that's how you know people are going to be good stand-ups if you can do that with one person then you have to like the trick is to envision the audience as one person, one unified
1: personality. Mm-hmm. And then it's like cracking that one person. Which know? seems like it's just like a step, one more step or something. But it's, to me, I found doing it for that short time I did it, totally different thing. It's like, it is. like but... It's like painting a boat or like watching fucking movies about nautical shit. It's that far for me. I like to take one person at a time in a cookout, understand them a little bit, kind of crack it, kind of just feel it around. I look at it like, you know, like an insurance adjuster when they're doing damage, they take the clipboard. Right. They got the map of the car. And I'm like, all right, does he like, oh, he doesn't like the gay stuff. All right. And I can tell by his look, probably not that. What about this? And you got to be doing we that check. You, that's exactly
0: what you do for a whole audience. And I think if you, but it's hard to do it it for a whole hard. audience. It is hard. That's the, oh, of course. It's so much easier. It's just maybe to, it's
1: like going in and like buying a whole business or whatever versus like just doing one job in it. Right. And I just have you, so, I, it's so much more gratifying for me when I can lock in on one person and get that role going and just fucking crack one person up it obviously there's much more visceral thing when you say something and 10 people fucking laugh that's that's like right at the base of your balls like fucking yes there's mm-hmm. like right there's like a that's your stoke is getting fucking oh the stoke is yeah you, yeah your eternal stoked. stoke but it's for me it's so much work to figure out how much like i i just you know I'm, i never really graduated past the fucking two minutes of uh, open mic shit but uh, I, I think I get the point of it, and it's a lot of slog. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's super fucking gratifying because there's only one way you can go up in front of, I don't know, 500 people, 1,200 people, and get them to all fucking laugh before we even say anything, or whether you hit or not, just, they're just like, it's been 10 seconds. <laughs> it's been. Oh, look at the face. <laughs> Is he doing like a, you know, the Jim Gaffigan thing that he does? You, you're a Jim Gaffigan guy. I know most of his stuff. Yeah. He does the thing. And how many beacon references? People right. are fucking falling out of their chairs. It's like... That's the... Yeah, they call that in the
0: biz a roll. You a, got him on a roll. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he same, doesn't even have to... Yeah, he just has to have thing.
1: like 10 pops in mm-hmm. like a half an hour and just a bunch of those little things. They're funny too. I'm a Jim Gaffin guy. I'm certainly not... Right. It's a great writer, man. But man, th- there's so much time and effort that goes into just throwing course, shit at the yeah. wall to get that going. And it's... Going. A, yeah. And it is and like, like you had to be
0: constant. able to... Because, you know, any... I think it was... Uh, What's his name who used to do the Daily Show? Jon Stewart John said, Stewart. everyone's a comedian. The thing is, comedian and, and humor is the only art form that every fucking person in the goddamn world dabbles in a little bit every it fucking day. It and it thinks totally they're qualified. the fucking best and they're qualified to do it. I mean, there yeah. are people who are real they're like, I'm not you know, super funny. My name is
1: Jon Stewart and I'm a licensed practicing comedian. Right. Exactly. They, but these...
0: Because, you know, everyone is is got that guy, you know, you're standing in a group, and there's some people who are really fucking great at it, and there's a lot of people that are just trying constantly, and it's just like, they, they kill the horse, and then they fucking stomp on it, and um, it's, you know, just because it's right there. You see it float in front of your I think there's face. another profession you that's like the that. You
1: see jerk-off instructor, which everybody, like everybody thinks they can do it, and they're pros. But right. there's only a small percentage Everyone is instructing of is
0: instructors who are actually really good.
1: Only since we did Summer XXX, that interview, mm-hmm. did I even realize, not that I watch pornographic sites, but I sometimes read exposés on, you know, shutting them down. Just trying to learn. Just trying to learn, understand the other side. Educational dark, purposes on me. dark underbelly of America. Right. And I saw JOI on a lot of these uh, transcripts of uh, court hearings, mm-hmm. and I never knew what JOI was until Jack Summer Mark. XXX. Instructor explain educated to me as of course you would expect a joi would instruct and educate that they're they're born to be that way yeah
0: born instructors not everyone's a born instructor would <laughs> you imagine if somebody walked up to like something's just
1: got to take by the balls and make it happen make it happen and some Jerk people are born with it and
0: some people aren't could you imagine just walking up to to like an artist on the street you know someone who's you know how sometimes they'll have uh, like a sketch artist sitting out and, like, sketching a scene or something. Could you imagine just some Joe Blow walking up, sitting down next to that guy and, like, just whipping out, like, a, a, a little co- uh, composite notebook and just start drawing stick figures? And they look like stick figures? Like, it is. he's literally just drawing stick figures and he shows it. He's look at that shit. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Check that shit. Isn't that good stuff? Hey, everybody, check this shit out. Look so, at this here's shit. Here's
1: the difference, though. Here's the difference. Humor is, at, at its essence, mm-hmm. one very basic and important, uh, like, part of human interaction. Of course. So everybody does have to kind of
0: have a little... Break the... You have to you have to be able to break the realism. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's essentially... And most it, of
1: us, I think, if we are into it and enjoy it, like the clever turn of phrase and finding out someone doesn't like this so you can joke about it or someone likes that so you can... Mm-hmm. Whatever about it. And then there's a very small percentage of people that want to take it to the next level. Like Tony Robbins would be a stand-up comic if he was into humor, but he's not. He's into fucking... Lording over us and telling us how much more productive we can be. So he does that. He's very productive at telling people that they need
0: to be more productive. He, no one is more have productive. Have you ever noticed? Yeah, telling people that they need to be more productive. Have you ever noticed that all those guys? It's a really interesting thing. All those super like uh, motivational motivational speakers yeah. and everything. That's all they 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 might have made a little money. They a lot of times they have made some kind of money as long as I mean they say that we have no really way to know that they made their millions investing or whatever they did. But all we know them as, as and we see them as are these guys holding these massive seminars who wrote books who are telling us how to get our lives better. And that's not like you can do that and something else. Like you're traveling, you're setting things up, you're, you're marketing, you're doing interviews, you're doing all this stuff. That's like all you're doing. And then you're doing these seminars where you're sitting there and you're working with people for a few days. So it's like everything they're talking about in their book, they're they're just doing about mo- they're just doing that with
1: motivational speaking. It's like they're not doing anything else. Isn't that a weird, interesting thing? Oh, dude, there's nothing it's like more this weird than Tony Robbins. He just, does, did you see the documentary thing they did on him that he kind of sanctioned on, um, like, he does this thing every year. He does all kinds of shit all the time, but every year he does this one big one in Miami with, like, 5,000 people, and they pay, like, I don't know, we'll say, like, eight grand to fucking pop. Mm-hmm. What's 5,000 times 8,000? It, it's something like that. Maybe it's five thousand. Hundred and forty thousand, isn't it? Five times eight forty thousand. That's that would be a five if that would be if eight people paid five thousand. Four hundred thousand. That would be if eighty people paid a thousand? Yeah. Eighty times five hundred is a four thousand. Yeah, it's like yeah, I think it's like four million dollars. And he gets these people in a conference room. Do we have calculators? Continue yeah. talking it. Yeah. Heard. So these people the gist though is there's some number, very close to a thousand people that sit in this thing with him for a fucking week. 5,000 times 8,000? Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah. 40, it might be 40 million. Maybe a thousand people.
0: 40 million. It might be a
1: thousand people. Okay, it's like so a whole five big times. ass ballroom in this big hotel. Yeah, so continue. So they sign up for this thing, and it starts like Monday at like 8 in the morning. It mm-hmm. goes all day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By Friday, you're done. Five mil. That's how much he makes in a week. And mm-hmm. he's like insanity. He gets up and he's just. 100 you know the the he's borderline assaulting people i've heard of it, Dude, and seen it. yeah he's it, it was a netflix crazy. thing wasn't it yes mm-hmm. it's worth watching if you haven't seen it because the the one thing that i do remember is that like he's eating his meals in this like he gets into like a suburban like he's fucking secret you know his secret service entourage is bringing him to the hotel which is like he lives in miami so it's like right down the street but he's like exhausted when he's done because he is 100 miles an hour in a thousand people's faces. If he wasn't like, at all, one thousand people would not pay five thousand dollars. Fuck yeah! If he I was do
0: not. Think he's that the real person, deal. I think he's the real. He's deal. the real deal. I don't think there's a, like a secret underbelly of Tony Robbins. I'm sure. Maybe- I don't. I'm not saying there is. But what I am saying is, if that didn't exist, then uh, like let's say he, this guy, that same person popped up in like the nineteen, in like the eighteen hundreds. There's a good chance we'd be hearing about him on the dollop for starting some kind of crazy business that like you know, whatever it is, or started something... I don't know, those guys just... But because attract... our economy
1: is set and people can travel and hear about it, he doesn't have to do anything nefarious. He can just do his thing and make $4 million that week. He's just a hype man. And then do a bunch of other shit. Yeah, but you know what, though? There is so much to be said for the level of get up and go that that guy can inspire in these people. That he is they... what he preaches, and if he was not, yeah. people would not And it probably up. doesn't hurt that he's, like, fucking six nine and, like, fucking imposing, and he's got that voice... And he's just on you and he never stops. And he never, it's not just that he never stops. It's that he never stops with like good shit. He mm-hmm. just, he gives you something. You're like, you listen to him if you're like, no, this is a bunch of bullshit. Let's go. Let's hear what he has to say. That's well, dad. That makes sense. That makes, you know, and then like yeah. the people are crying or whatever. And he does this thing where he breaks someone down in the thing. The girl from, um. Call your boyfriend. There was a girl from at t ads where the, you know, the stupid at t ads where they're coming into the at is there a deal on the phone? Because I'm not going to pay more than $2.99 a month. For... And she was the really cute girl in mm-hmm. the at t ads for like a couple years. She was at one of these things. She's like a working actress. She actually was um, someone's girlfriend on Silicon Valley, the show of mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. Okay. You ever, have you ever seen that? Mike no. Judge? Dude, you would love that. Oh, too. yeah. If it's a Mike Judge, of course. Dude, it's fucking hilarious. I got, I'm actually letting my kids start watching it because I want someone to watch it with because I love it that much. Anyway. Um... She was in the crowd at this thing and he's like breaking this lady down. She was like a victim of like sex, a crazy sex cult where like her parents were in this communal thing but like every, everyone fucked everyone and their parents let her get fucked by a bunch of people and like now she's an adult and she was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do and he was like tell us your story. Everyone in the ballroom, go ahead. And She tells this wicked personal story about how she was, you know, like I just said she's like fucking crying. He's crying. He's like, that's so difficult. But he never like cries like in that unproductive way most of us cry we're just like I'm just a fucking mess he's like he's productive this is a productive cathartic thing I'm doing with my eyes he goes this is what you need to do I'm gonna hug you and then we're gonna assign someone from this crowd is gonna be we need a man figure to step up don't fucking do it if you're not serious you're gonna check back on her every year for five whatever the fuck he did it was like some crazy commitment and then someone was like I'll do it and I immediately was everyone was like you know watching this on on the Netflix side was like Guy just wants really? to fuck her Yeah totally right I know she's susceptible To getting fucked So yeah I'll get in on it But then they they do broke this. her down Just right Tony <laughs> That extra thousand dollars For the excursion Was beautiful Tony it paid off But it was just It was intense dude It's intense And he does this thing So because this This week long thing Is so actual Physically It's like eight To like eight mm-hmm. I think it's eight to eight This is not like a conference Where there's like An hour lunch break it's like fucking 8 to 10 he is going. Mm-hmm. He goes home. He goes to bed. He gets up. He's eating in the car his meal during their thing. They take a little lunch break. He doesn't get to eat, dude. They're all like, Tony, can I have a fucking... And he's just like... And he doesn't even stop. He's like, I'm going to consume this bagel anally so I can keep on motivating So I can you. keep talking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I tried talking through my asshole, Taking but... IVs. Uh...
1: People just it, people
0: didn't receive it the same way. I, I
1: was able to do it effectively, but people
0: weren't able to receive people it. People just couldn't, uh, yeah. They just didn't, didn't send the same message when I said what I'm saying through my asshole. But
1: he goes, over the course of the week, I need some time to recharge. And he goes, so I'm going to go do that right now. I'm going to step off the camera. He goes, Julia, how long do I have? And she's like...
0: 19 seconds. Yeah, you
1: have like 11 minutes, Tony. He goes, perfect. Rips his shirt off. He goes, behind his house, right behind his house. I told you this. Mm-hmm. He's got a pool. It's like the size of him. It's like a fucking... Maybe it's like four feet by four feet square, the top of it, yep. and it just goes down. and He just steps into it, and the dude's like 10 feet tall, and he just disappears in the fucking thing, and it's like ice cold water. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even understand what that dude's life is at all. Mm-mm. He's got all, like, most of us, well, all right, I can't say that. Me, I get $10 million, all my fantasies are like, my furniture is made out of fucking Snickers, I don't have to do shit, everyone fucking is at my way, I do nothing. And not care how all bad this I money. Sticker he's sticker. like, put the money away. It's, oh, get it out of my way. Don't look at it. I want a little mic in my mouth, and I want a thousand people to... Mo- I don't even care about the money. Yeah, sign right there sign and right there, there. And get the, get the PayPal, Bob. And get, get all there, their PayPal. Pay pay all their PayPal. I'm not doing it for the money. You guys use Zelle? <laughs> all right. Let's get this bitch
0: started. <laughs> Who's ready to motivate? Well, that kind of went off the rails a little bit. But anyway, you guys should check out Robin Slim. We had a lot of fun. And uh, you guys, yeah, check him out. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was—it's always, always a pleasure, never a chore. Robin Slim was a lot of fun, wasn't it? That was I mean, very fun. I like talking to those we guys. I know, I know you guys just just listen to us talk about it for like 50 minutes, but uh, we had a good time and interesting stuff. We have another interview. So if you're sticking around, you're hearing this. We have another another interview lined up with an interesting guy out of Boston, who what I from what I can tell runs some sort of late night television show on public access called uh, After Hours with T.C. Ristani we're going to be doing an interview with him so I think that's going to be a lot of fun
1: and uh, that should be on the next episode actually the question we'll be answering is what happens when you cross a late night show with 13 years of Public access television. Right. The answer, stay tuned, people. You're going to find out next week. 89, 89, TC Ristani steals the show, baby.